Hey, hi, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? She came halfway across the universe on a mission to save her world. Who is she? You know, I think I recognize the costume. From the producers of Superman, Alexander Solkind presents Supergirl in her first great adventure. Wait a minute, wait one minute. I mean, you can do the whole number, leave tall buildings with a single bound? Yes. Like Superman. He's my cousin. Whoa. Supergirl on a secret quest that brings her face to face with diabolical villains. I am considering nothing less than world domination. Unspeakable evil. Selena, the game is finished. Supergirl. Starring Faye Nunaway, Peter O'Toole, Peter Cook, Brenda Vaccaro, Mark McClure, Hart Buckner. And introducing Helen Slater as Supergirl. Rated PG. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies the Christopher Reeve Superman films five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me, as always, on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Howdy, Chris. Hey, Rob. How's it going? It's going great. It's nice to have Superman Movie Minute back. It's been a whole year. Wow. If you can believe it, since we finished <laughs> Superman 3. So why don't you explain to the fine folks what it is we're doing here? Well, we, you know, we want to continue on our journey through the universe that Richard Donner and Tom Michaelowitz and the Saul Kinds created, uh, you know, featuring Christopher Reeve as Superman. And so the next stop on that journey through time and space is the 1984 production of Supergirl. Uh, however, we don't want to do that five minutes at a time. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Because <laughs> as Rob has mentioned before, if it's a movie that you're not totally in love with, doing it five minutes at a time, it, it can be detrimental to your mental health. Uh, <laughs> as as not to make light of that, but as as um, as Superman three was to to Rob and I. So uh, we're going to do uh, Supergirl as a commentary and. Because we're doing Supergirl as a commentary, there is no other person that we would rather have by our side than the world's biggest Supergirl fan, and that's our buddy, Dr. Ange. Hey, Ange. Hey, uh, thanks for inviting me. I, of course, would have done the Supergirl one minute at a time because I'm totally <laughs> invested in this movie, but uh, I'm glad to join you on the commentary. And that was facetious. Trust me. I, I understand all of the warnings uh, very well that you said. <laughs> Ange, we have been begging you to start your Supergirl podcast for the Fire Order Network for, for like five years now. So, you know, get on that, will you? Yeah, if, I'll tell you that if it wasn't for the fear of editing, as I've heard you guys talk about, I probably would have. <laughs> it, it, it can be daunting at times. And yes, as, as Chris mentioned, uh, doing Superman 3 five minutes at a time uh, was a bit of a slog in some places. <laughs> there was more than one time Chris and I logged on to Zoom and we both went, how many more episodes of this do we still have to do? Uh, when we never said that during Superman or Superman 2, we, fl- no. we flew right through, no pun intended, flew right through that. And so, yeah, and so we decided that we're going to do Supergirl. Supergirl deserves 
the time, though. You know what I mean? We yeah. Supergirl deserves to be profiled. It's as Chris just said, it's part of the universe, it's part of this world, and it absolutely deserves at least some you know look back in the context of the Superman movie show, movie men, movie minute show. Excuse me. So yeah, we decided to do it as a commentary, and going forward, uh, we're going to do commentary tracks for. We will do this. Superman four quest for peace. That might kill me. And Superman returns. We're not going to do them five minutes at a time, but we are going to do them as commentaries. And by the, the result of this decision, Chris and I have made, it's going to open the show up to allow us to cover other ancillary stuff related to the Reeve Superman films that we would not normally be able to do because we were just doing movies five minutes at a time we're not going to get into all that just yet the episodes will be coming at some point but it it opened up the show in a way that allowed chris and i to still luxuriate in the christopher Reeve superman universe and keep this show going we do love this show and and we feel kind of bad that it's been off the air for a year but so yes we won't be doing it five minutes at a time but you'll probably end up with a more diverse slate of things we're going to be talking about. Gentlemen, do you want to just get right to it? Yeah, I'm just going to say good luck with Superman 4. Make sure you have your Pepto with you. We're bringing in a, we're bringing in a special guest on that one, too, because there's... Amazing. Yeah, uh, I think you know who you are. So anyway, um, we're, watch, we're watching this film uh, on streaming, and we'll get into the different cuts of it. But the, the main cut that is available is... I believe it's known as the European cut or the international cut. It's two hours and four minutes long. It is not the uh, bastardized 90 minute plus cut that actually hit theaters in 1984. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But in case anybody wants to follow along, uh, it's on HBO Max. It's on Amazon Prime. It's streaming in other places. And that's the version we're going to be talking about. So guys, uh, I'll count down. And if we're ready, uh, we'll just, uh, we'll take a trip into uh, inner space. Fantastic. So Martin five. Short's in this? What? <laughs> yeah, Martin Short's in this. He would have been a great Mrs. Pitalik, by the way. So, okay. Uh, so, five, four, three, two, one, and play. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start at the very beginning. Ange, uh, when did you, did you see this movie in the theater? And, and was your Supergirl fandom in place at that time? Yes. Um, I was already a big Supergirl fan, um, had always been a fan, was reading her adventures in the Superman family. And so when they said they were making a Supergirl movie, I was uh, thrilled beyond belief and did go to see it in the theater with my older brother. Um, loved it. I think I knew it was not Superman, the motion picture, and I knew it was not Superman 2. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed it very much. You know, again, back then, to see your favorite character on the big screen was a big deal. Um and I'll say that the font that they're using right now as the credits are flying by was adapted by DC to become uh, her title on the comic book. So uh, I was very charmed by Helen Slater, uh, who I thought really embodied a lot of what I loved about the character. So so the whole thing was thrilling. I only saw it once in the theater, and it took me a long time to see it again. Probably had to make it onto some ABC Sunday night movie. Uh, but uh, but I was thrilled, uh, you know, not many people even knew that there was a Supergirl. So to see her on the big screen was fantastic. I didn't know that they changed the logo. Was that still when it was the Daring New Adventures of Supergirl? That, that That's right. That's right. right. They they stripped the Daring New Adventures words and they changed her costume to the headband and red shoulders one um, to try to be in conjunction with this film because they had seen some test shots, some screenshots of that costume actually being used in this uh, film which of course it wasn't. Um, and by then they had already printed a bunch of comics with her in the new costume. So they just kept. It. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that. 
you know, they did the same thing with the the Batman font changed uh, to the Batman Forever font. The the comic font changed to uh, the logo changed to match the Batman Forever font, and the same one was used on Batman Robin. So, <laughs> <laughs> tail wagging the dog. Yeah, uh, Chris, yeah. did you did you see this in the theater? Yeah, yeah, I saw it with my mom. Uh, she by that point that was something my mom and I did was go see Superman movies. You know. Um, you know, we were both a little disappointed that no Christopher Reeve for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mama Franklin. <laughs> Poor Mama Franklin. But oddly enough, this movie uh, directed by Janot Swartz, uh, who directed her favorite movie with Christopher Reeve uh, somewhere in time. That's my mom was my mom's favorite movie. So of all of all time, not, of not all just time. Her, wow. My mom's, my all mom's right. favorite movie of all time. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. Well, it was it was Reeve that apparently had such a good working relationship with Jeanneau Swark that he recommended Swark to the Salkinds. So they were the one who made that connection. Now, ironically enough, uh, Reeve, of course, isn't in this movie because uh, <laughs> between deciding he would do it and then watching the returns of Superman 3, he was very uh, kind of down on the franchise and didn't want to be typecast and finally bowed out, which is a darn shame because... You know, Superman, there were different versions, right? I know, Chris, you were familiar with a couple different takes of this in terms of the script. There was some that Superman would have had a cameo. There would have been, there were others where he was going to figure into the third act in a kind of very large way, which was originally going to be Superman and Supergirl versus Brainiac. Uh, mm-hmm. But and it's a darn shame because I think that would have been amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, at one point, Selena's character was like, supposed to be this innocent farm girl that got the omega hedron and it corrupted her and that and she sent superman to the phantom zone and then supergirl's gotta stop her um so they yeah this this movie went through a lot of changes over over time that's for sure (laughs) i mean except originally you know it was supposed to be them versus brainiac which brainiac was supposed to be in the third superman movie and we got close to that but not quite and it was of all people dc comics that nixed that they thought that that was too inside of the comic book world for the average moviegoer. My, how things have changed. Uh, but it was they, it was, they're the ones who nixed Brainiac, which is such a damn shame because Brainiac's an awesome villain and he still has not appeared in live action in any of the movies and he deserves to. So we really missed out on a, I, I think a gorgeous opportunity. And that, that required the screenwriter, David O'Dell, whose name we saw earlier. Uh, he had worked on Dark Crystal before this. He went on to write the uh, Masters of the Universe movie for <laughs> Colin and Globus. Um, but he had to rewrite the film to get rid of Superman and get rid of Brainiac, which ended up tilting the film, I think, much more towards fantasy than science fiction adventure, which are what the other films are. And that's why this film, I think, has, you know, you've got a witch in it. It's got more of a fantasy vibe than the other films. And that's, you know, that that's not a bad thing. That way it helps it, it makes it a little distinct from the other Superman films, but I, I, you know, I can't help but think what a loss that we suffered from not having Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater together in these costumes doing something super. That just would have been so cool. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I, they came out last year with that Superman 78 comic based upon this universe. And they've said that there is now an earth 789, 78 (laughs) uh, or 784, 78, 84, um that both of those characters exist so who knows if we'll see them together in a comic sometime oh that's so cool <laughs> i didn't know that that's terrific yeah, so we hear yeah that would have been re- that would be really cool um so we got we got argo city here 
which looks very Logan's Runish, Phantom, I'm not Phantom, excuse me, Planet of the Apes, kind of with this sort of white architecture and stuff. So again, it's very distinct from the uh, hard angles of Krypton. Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting to me because again, the comics, it's a domed city blasted away from Krypton intact when the planet explodes. Here, they're talking about being in inner space. So that's interesting. And, uh, and it does, it kind of looks more like a commune or, uh, you know, the Eloy in, uh, the time machine with <laughs> Taylor than, than the, the white cliff of, of Brando's Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, Angie, you were telling me before that I, I, something about Zoltar here as far as a comic connection that I had no idea about. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Of course, Peter Ortu plays Zoltar, who's kind of like a hippie artist leader, and um, and he's using the Omega Hedron, the power source of, of Argo City, to sort of do, you know, art and, and fun stuff. Turns out that the term Omega Hedron and uh, the character of Zoltar were owned by the Solkinds, and they would not allow them into comics um, as much as people wanted them. So Sterling Gates and his great Supergirl run back in the time of New Krypton uh, inserted a character named Zoltan, who was an <laughs> artist. Uh, and uh, he had an alpha hedron, not an omega hedron, <laughs> um, which is sort of a way, I think, to sort of, uh, you know, uh, get around that boundary. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Good on you, yeah. Sterling Gates. Good on you. Um so we can see here we've got this amazing cast. You've got you know we just mentioned Peter O'Toole here as Zoltar and Mia Farrow as as Kara's mother, and you can see that the, you know the Salkinds had a definite you know producer kind of structure uh, that they followed for all their movies for Santa Claus the movie for the Three Musketeers movies in a lot of ways where it's like get these big stars and maybe your lead character is less famous. Obviously Christopher Reeve is an unknown, Helen Slater is an unknown, but then surround them with this all-star cast. And this movie, you know, Peter O'Toole, Mio Farrow, Faye Dunaway, Brenda Vaccaro, Peter Cook. I mean, it's got an amazing, and then of course Mark McClure, which we're borrowing from the other Superman films. So it's, it's, you could see why they would look at this and say that it worked the last time. Why wouldn't it work this time? And they originally had thought for Brooke Shields, to play Supergirl because she was a big star at the time. Now, luckily, cooler heads prevailed. No offense to Miss Shields, but they've went and found Supergirl, uh, Helen Slater, and uh, you know, she owns the. I, I think everyone agrees she's by far the best thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even here, you know, it's it's she's oh, she's very childlike in this setting in Argo City, right? Where she's like playfully creating this dragonfly and and like talking about how she's struggling in math and in school. She's just charming. And then I really think she embodies a lot of what I love about Supergirl when when she makes it to Earth. It's just perfect. Yeah. Uh, as uh, you know, I, who designed the shields on Argo City? <laughs> Reed Richards? I mean, come on. You know, it's the flimsy. You know, come on. It's Saran Wrap. But uh, <laughs> S- Simon Ward here as Zorel in one of my favorite Hammer movies, uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. I just want to point that out. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem a little dubious that if uh, just outside the borders of your city is the gaping maw of space, uh, maybe have something a little more than 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 bubble wrap surrounding your city. I don't know. It didn't seem like yeah. So and and Zoltar, let's you know the power source that keeps everybody alive. Let me just play with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, I will get to that in a minute. That's my big beef with this movie more than anything else is the, the plot construction. of this. But I love this ship, by the way. This looks really cool. 
Uh, yep. That's a great design. I love how it all kind of closes together. This is the, really the, neat. The cushion under Kara there is uh, red, blue, and yellow. So there you, uh, go. you can kind of say that's the, like the blankets that we saw in Superman the movie. That you know, that's the whole part of the lore. Yeah. So I like I like that. I like that. They don't mention it. They don't just like they didn't in Superman the movie. But if you know your comics, that's yeah. where her suit's going to come from, more than likely. So well, here she goes. There she's she's headed to Earth like her cousin, which they've already pointed out. These two. These two handle it really well that their daughter yeah. just got shipped into outer space and maybe to Earth. You know, <laughs> like there's no yeah. guarantee she's going to get there. Uh, they're just kind of like, oh, okay, we're in outer space. Look, they're yes. just like, oh, all right, yeah. okay. I, you know, I kind of wish, you know, because we do, I wish we had seen them watching a screen of Christopher Reeve as Superman. Oh. And as Clark Kent, you know, just so we could see, like, even at clips from the films or, you know, unused footage or something from the films, just so we could kind of get more of an understanding of how much they know about Earth, because they do. They know that, you know, she, he had, Zaltar mentioned Earth and a, a tree. They're, Kryptonians are obsessed with trees for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> but they just are in these films because um, I guess they don't have trees on Krypton. Um, but uh, it, just just so, you know, it kind of explained how Kara knew about so much about Clark and Superman when she got to earth. But um, here's our microbes, Rob, that we used on our journey through time and space and Superman, <laughs> the movie, you know, <laughs> these look great. This, all this stuff looks great. Very fantastic voyage. Yeah. It's got just enough of a mystical kind of, it doesn't have, any, it doesn't make any real literal sense right. as to what, what's going on here, but it looks, it looks great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's green screen. You can see the halo around it, but who cares? It looks it looks really spiffy. So I, I like this sequence yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like just like outer space, right? So you know that this is some weird journey from inner space to yep. like current reality. So yeah, well, here we go. And yep. here's our here's our villain villains about to be introduced here. Uh, now, look, Faye Dunaway, right? OK, like, <laughs> you know, great actress. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and Network and, and Mommy Dearest in its own way and the eyes of Laura Mars and the terrific actress. But she's she is uh plane of the rafters in this movie. She yep. to me, this character fits in much better with Batman 66 than Supergirl. And I ha- I get the impression that when they pitched this to her, she just heard the word comic book and went, oh, OK, I know what this is. And. You know, to be fair, that's kind of the director's fault. That That's up to the director to say, hey, Faye, you're giving us a 14. Can we do like a seven? Uh, but he apparently <laughs> didn't do that because she's the, she's kind of this the whole way. And so she's a terrific actress, but just I never buy her for one moment as any real threat to anybody, to Supergirl, to the planet. It, to me, Gene Hackman as Luthor and, of course, Terrence Stamp. Yes, cartoony. But they feel genuinely threatening. But here, I just, I, I never find her to be a compelling villain at all. Yeah. yeah in, go ahead, Chris. No, you know, that, that was all I had to say. <laughs> no, I, I mean, for, for me, it, it's interesting. Like, th- she probably said, well, what are my motivations? And they said, oh, you're in love with a gardener that you see. And she's like, all right, you know, all bets are off. Um but this is also in like uh, the latter stages of her. I mean, not her career, obviously, but I think didn't she make like the Wicked Lady around this time? I a think couple she, years after this, yes, yeah, right. I think she's like in the Michael Caine, like you know, there's no check. I don't like a stage of her career. 
I mean, look, I mean, sure. You know, I mean, I would imagine he got offered this. This sounds like a fun gig. You know, you get to be big, but it just she as we'll see over the course of the film, she can't even get her henchmen, henchwomen to listen to her. And she's going to somehow conquer the yeah. world. You know, I mean, again, you could argue neither Miss Tessmacher didn't listen to Luthor either, but, you know, Luthor did fire missiles. You know what I mean? Like he did. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah, yeah. get his plan across. <laughs> he was he was stopped by Superman, but at least he did. You know, get something. So I just this, yeah, this is quite a part of the problem here. Now, in a moment, we're going to learn via a radio where Superman is, where he's been. Since we're not, we're not going to see him in this movie. The Omega Hedron. By the way, that's a cool prop. I like the Omega Hedron. It's just a neat yeah. looking prop. Yeah. I wonder who owns that. It's sitting in a box yeah. somewhere at Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> Ellen Slater took it, one of them home with her, maybe or something. I uh, hope so. <laughs> she deserves to. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Superman is on a special peace-seeking mission in a galaxy scientists estimate may be several hundred trillion, with a T, trillion light years away. I think they're overdoing it a little bit. I don't yeah. think Superman needs to be that far away. <laughs> <laughs> Tying this film into not only Superman Returns, but the quest for peace. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> There's that cardboard cutout, yeah, of of, uh, of Helen Slater as Supergirl flying through the water on a very obvious wire in that yeah. scene. The only time I really detect wires in this movie that I that I noticed the at least through my most recent viewing, which before we watched this, but yeah, so it yeah. goes by so fast. I hardly I have a I have a tough time noticing it. It, it just zips by. Yeah. It's uh, why couldn't she, you know, Superman got wet in the first movie when he had the kryptonite around him and then dried off at super speed. Why couldn't they have done that with her? I don't, I don't get no it. But no, now this cost, how... this costume looks amazing though. You know, yeah, it, yeah. nowadays everybody's colors are all muted. All the reds are maroon. All the blues are Navy, but this, this is her, this is the Superman colors. She looked, this costume looks great. By the way, I love the yellow piping on the yeah, boots. Yeah. They don't do, they ever do that with Superman. I love it here. It ties it into the belt. She looks smashing as Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is the first time comic-wise that she's in a red skirt because she went from blue skirt in the Silver Age to the hot pants look in the 70s to then the red-shouldered uh, red skirt um, looking crisis. So this is a whole new take. This is not comic. This is not from the comics. So I thought it was kind of interesting when they brought Supergirl back post crisis. And of course it was, you know, the matrix Supergirl, but she pretty much had this costume except exactly. for the normal Superman type boots. Right. So yes, this is, exactly. This is pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this sticks, this sticks through, um, you know, in new 52 and, um, and into rebirth, uh, the red skirt uh, is pretty much, and and then of course when Michael Turner and, and Jeff Loeb brought her back, this was the costume. So, yeah, yeah. Look at look at this. I love this that part that turn that she does. Yeah, yeah. It looks so great. And this was this was something that Zwark he mentions in his commentary track on the Blu-ray, which I own. Uh, <laughs> I went all the way for this, guys. Uh, but he <laughs> he mentions that he wanted something more balletic and graceful in the flying sequences than the sort of propulsive action of of superman not that there's anything wrong with that but he just again he wanted his film to be a little distinct and that that notion is most you know obvious in these scenes where she is like a kid i mean good yeah, she's she's a full you know what is she well how old is she supposed to be in this film they never say it but what she's like 16 maybe 17 yeah yeah i, I think like 17 in the comics she lands on earth when she's 15 and i don't think she's that young but 
but you know she's at Midvale, you know, private school for girls, right? Yeah. So she's a young, yeah, she's a young girl slash young woman, and yeah. she's in, she's in completely intoxicated with these new powers. And this is something other than Superman in the train running along the train. We don't really get. We never see Superman in the movies like this. Once he's in costume, he's full on Superman. He's grabbing helicopters, you know. He's 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 telling bad jokes when guys hit him with crowbars, you know. I mean, he's fully comfortable here. She's learning all this for the first time, and it's really charming. And this all looks great. I think this all looks still terrific. All the green screen, all the what map processing, whatever they did. I think it looks. It, it just looks well. It looks super. Yeah, and as you say, you know, arms out, smiling, like there's just pure joy here. Yeah, she. I like how she's. You know, she kind of glides more. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's funny that he mentioned the propulsion of Superman. And, you know, Christopher Reeve is like they they called it in the in the Superman 50th anniversary TV special, the Najinsky of the air. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, he's he's more balletic than modern interpretations of Superman. But mm. she takes it next level. And you're talking about propulsion, man. Nowadays, every time Superman takes off, he shatters like four miles of concrete, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, geez, I, I, I like the idea that they just can hover, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like, that's more fun than just like, you got to propulse yourself like you're shooting out of a cannon. But, uh, I love this shot too. This is really yeah, nice. Such a beautiful you know? shot. Just a beautiful <laughs> shot. We're looking over the, the sunset on the water. And this you know, is back when you, it, it, this was back when you had to be out there at that time to get this. You couldn't fake yeah. it with the with the volume. You know, you had to actually get yeah. get Helen Slater out there at six in the morning as the sun's coming up. I mean, that's the thing. Everything. I mean, she was flying amongst those trees, and I mean, it looks real because it's you know, guess what, guys? It's real. It's it's really yeah. Helen Slater up on wires, about thirty feet in the air at least. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> or probably more than that. You know, it's 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 great, and it holds up really well. Now, how have we had, like, I don't know, four or five Joker movies at this point, and none of them feature him in a hideout like this? Yeah. <laughs> why have, why have we, <laughs> why have we not done this with the big, the big skull on the door and it's an abandoned thing? Like, this is like, I don't know why this is Selena. This doesn't seem like Selena's, you know, hideaway, but yet, you know, it is. But to me, this feels like this is what the Joker should have been doing. And it has a very Batman 66 vibe with like, the black walls that just kind of go into nowhere, like in between the sets, like it's just, dis- you just disappear. Yeah. And yeah. there's Brenda, yeah. Ver- Brenda Vaccaro there. Yeah. Uh, in I, a ro- I like her in this. Yeah. Yeah. She she's kinda, fun. She's she kind of helps smooth things over with Selena for me a little bit, honestly, because she's, she's kind of not like, she doesn't take Selena seriously, although it might damage, like you said, Rob, I hadn't thought about that before. That might kind of damage Selena's right. level because, Brenda Vaccaro's Bianca character is like, like, you know, she doesn't take her like overly seriously. You know, she's like her buddy and you're not going to do anything to me. I'm not scared of you, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Tess Mocker and Otis were, they were frightened of Lex no matter what. To a Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Yeah. They're buffoons, but they're scared of their boss. And she's, she kind of keeps making fun of Selena. And you're like, well, this woman's going to take over the, take over the world. Really? By the way, I do want to say that part of, of, uh, that Blender Vercaro ended up playing was originally offered to Dolly Parton, <laughs> which the mind reels at what that would have looked like to have Dolly Parton in a super Supergirl movie. But I guess she decided now she didn't want to do it. But can you <laughs> can you imagine? Maybe she did Best Little Whorehouse in Texas instead or something. But uh, <laughs> wow, wowzers! 
Uh, it's funny that opening scene at that amusement park. They're talking about how they haven't paid the property taxes, and the hot water's been turned off, and they're broke. And like, it, it, there's even a for sale sign on their headquarters. And so, I think they're, they're even at their opening. You're just missing something that they're menacing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I yeah. think that's also part of it. But they're dressed to the nines. That's what kills me. Is that like yeah. the outfits? Each each one of them. They're never in sweat pants and you know <laughs> uh look like they just rolled out of bed they're all they got their hair made up and they just look like a million bucks in in each in each scene you know so that's kind of interesting now here is now, a, yeah, yeah uh, houston yeah, yeah, houston, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what gets me is this now this town is very very convincing and if you told me this was a real town they filmed in i'd say of course it's a real town no this was built on the Pinewood back lot where the Superman films were filmed, where the Batman 89 was filmed, where many the James Bond movies were filmed, built on the back lot. And why? Why did they recreate this town? Why spend this money when they could have found a real town to film in that looked like this? <laughs> that does seem like an awful lot of work. And you couldn't just yes, flip, fl- fly Helen Slater and Matt Frewer here and this other guy and a couple of props out to a real you know the, the town yeah. where uh, Zod and the the villains landed. Just tend to send them out there. Yeah, this looks more like a real town, though. I'll give them that. Yeah, it it disturbs me how much Matt Frewer looks like his character from Honey I Shrunk the Kids because he's got a ball <laughs> cap on, he's got the same kind of chewing gum, and yeah, and that that guy was a dad of you know half the kids that got shrunk were his kids in that movie, and <laughs> I hope this guy is not out. You know. His family's at home and he's out doing this. I'm sure as hell hope that's not true because <laughs> this guy's a scumbag. I'm yeah. sure A&W Root Beer and STP were thrilled with the product association with these two potential rapists. This is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Can we not maybe have our products in this film? Yeah. They're, they're pretty, yeah. you know, they're just very classic, right? Hey, little lady, right? Let me lift up your skirt. Uh, pretty awful. Yeah. But what I like yeah. is that she doesn't take you right. She just doesn't take it at all. Yeah, this look on her face is really right there. That's like, yeah. what are you doing? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and she plays it really well. I mean, it's they really you know, needed I, to have that bone crunching sound effect there in that. Moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Zod hand thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Lord! laughs> yeah. I couldn't talk that dick after that. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the way we are. Yeah. Well, yeah. You need to self-examine, buddy. Let's you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at this guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is going to, he can't recognize the S. Yeah. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> like, the fact that she just threw your friend that's, you know, weighs like, you know, at least, you know, 200 pounds, just like nothing doesn't tell you that she might have superpowers. Yeah, like the go. guy Boom. that usually wears the suit. All right, now I've got some serious internal bleeding to deal with, Doctor. Yes, exactly. Call you in on that. <laughs> oh, look at this! I'm spitting up blood. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she mastered heat vision. Uh, she mastered heat vision faster than none. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, of course, all these powers are new to her. So, yeah. I, I don't think this scene is this scene in the the U.S. cut at all. No, this man? is this no. is way that was way cut down in the the, the yeah. released version. This weird party they're having. So are they they like these new age types that are like dabbling in the supernatural just for fun? That's what I've always got out of out of Selena and and I, I get that uh, 
that Peter Cook's character, Nigel, that he's uh, he's more actual. He has actual experience with supernatural stuff, but they're just they're just playing around with it. But now they get, you know, it's I don't know. It's like some kind of weird, like, you know, nouveau you know, supernatural crud that they're into or something. I, it's like a weird group. I, I, we're just dropped in the middle of this and there's not a lot of explanation for it. Yeah. They look like the nouveau riche were bored. And so it's like, let's, let's do some Satan stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they need to be playing an Oingo Boingo dead man's party over the soundtrack to this. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, instead, there's a lot of Howard Jones in this. There's a lot of new wave music um, uh, in, in the background. Yeah, Satanists are famous for loving their new age music. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Jones big in the uh, in the Satanist circles. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Peter Cook, of course, you know, famous comedian, famous actor, and was a longtime partner to Dudley Moore. And they apparently wanted Dudley Moore, the Salkinds, to play Mixes Pitilek in Superman oh. 3 and Supergirl. When that apparently that was a brief moment where Mixes Pitilek was considered and they wanted Dudley Moore, which would have been really fun. You could picture that. Again, it got scotched, but uh, I don't know whether Dudley Moore recommended to his friend Peter Cook to do this. I don't know if there's any connection there, although they do know is that Dudley Moore ended up working for Geno Spark in Santa Claus the movie which was the next movie that the Salkinds did with Spark. And when he saw a screening of it, he called it, quote, a career killer. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out not to be true. He had, you know, he continued to go on. But yeah, he was not super thrilled with uh, his earlier. Really this should have been Pamela Stevenson. From <laughs> yeah, Superman there you go. 3. Yeah. They should have just gotten her to do this. This is such an odd, this is, this is definitely the Salkinds showing through. This is, this is their odd sense of humor. I, yeah. I think we I think we chalk that up to Lester, but since it's in this movie, I kind of yeah. feel like it's Ilya's weird sense of humor right there. That it's yeah. funny to do weird, torturous things to people and like in like just out and out comedy bits that come out of nowhere in a in a semi serious, you know, straight film that well, it's supposed to be straight film, so yeah. <laughs> I think I think if I remember reading right, Robin, I could be wrong that that they wanted Dudley Moore for Zoltar at in this film at one point. I can't I can't imagine what that okay. Yeah, and 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 then he's like, nah, but he recommended Peter Cook. Oh, I, okay. I think, oh, all right. I think okay. I read that. It I think I read <laughs> it on IMDB though, so take it for with a grain of salt, because anybody can write it on IMDb, so it might not be true. But you <laughs> wonder, know. If, wonder if Peter Cook was mad at him about that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, he he played the devil in Bedazzled. Bedazzled, right? So, right. Yep. So this has a, like a semi similar vibe. Yeah, maybe that's why he's so acquainted with you know the supernatural and everything. So, <laughs> but I love this. You know, th this scene here, right? She wakes up next to a bunny, right? She's all cuddled up in her cape. There, that's just very. There's like a different feel than Reeve, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, there we just saw the linchpin of our plot line, the Gardner character, just a second ago, briefly. So Hart Bachner, <laughs> yes, of course, most famous uh, from Die Hard, who where yeah. he was fantastic. He was. Uh, yeah, I think I think they I, when he look, he's a very handsome guy, Hart Bachner. His name is even leading manish Hart Bachner. I mean, what a name. Yeah. I think Hollywood took one look at him and said he's a leading man. And I think it, it got it became clear he really wasn't right 
for that. Oh, by the way, I yeah. should say this transformation scene is fun. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So um, weird that she's in the skirt and boots and her in her Linda shirt yeah. and hair, though. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, say so just back to Hart Bachner. I think they re- Hollywood was like, no, he's a leading man. And I think that he showed that he had very little facilitation at that. <laughs> I don't think he was good at it, but he was great as sleazy guy. Because yeah. he's in Die Hard and he's absolutely Hans Booby. I mean, he's yes. fantastic yeah. in that movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Show him the watch. Yeah. Show yeah. him the watch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also, a voice uh, in uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. He is Arthur Reeves, the sleazy oh, councilman oh, who sells right. out uh, uh, Andrea Beaumont's father to the Joker. In, in see, the- sleazy guy. Yeah. See, he, he, yeah. he, knew, he knew he could do that. Ellis, and I Ellis on I, Die Hard. I couldn't remember his name. Ellis in Die Hard. Yes. Yeah. I should mention Helen Slater, also the voice of Talia on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And Angie, yeah, I know you. Things... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to kick it to you. I, I know you know Helen Slater's other Superman-related roles. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to tag in and say, you know, she played Lara on Smallville, and one of the things that I love about her is that she's really sort of embraced the super. Supergirl character, kind of the way Linda Carter has embraced the Wonder Woman, and um, she's like written a, a comic, uh, Supergirl number fifty. She wrote a story in that, and uh, she was Eliza Danvers, Supergirl's mother, on the recent CW show. So she's That's really great. taken, it, yeah, she's really embraced the role and um, the fandom. That's that's awesome that these these later projects are able to kind of like. Not that the, I mean, the first Superman movie did this too, because Kirk Allen and and um, Noel Neal are in it. But it's great that these later projects can kind of like do a big bear hug with everybody from past incarnations. You know, the way ba- the the Batman animated series had Adam West do a voice. You know, that's great. I mm-hmm. love that they can do that now, and and that Helen Slater probably very disappointed at the reaction this movie got. Her movie career really didn't take off the way I'm sure she hoped it would, but she kept working. Mostly on TV, mostly in TV, but kept working and now can get become this beloved sort of like Superman emeritus figure uh, in the later incarnations of the character. So that's great. I think that's just terrific that she got a chance to, that she was up for it. That's yeah. that's really cool. So, Angie, I was going to ask you um, in, in the comics and I'm a little foggy on this in the Silver Age, Bronze Age comics, Earth One continuity is was it known that Linda was the cousin of Clark Kent? Did they no. did they say that back then? They never said that. They never okay. um, they never really said that they because then how would you explain that, right? So <laughs> right. everybody gotcha. knew Supergirl was Superman's cousin. But at one point, believe it or not, in the um, uh, before the New Fifty Two, they actually said that she was Lana Lang's niece. So she became Linda Lang for a short oh. period of time. Oh, okay. uh, Elizabeth, so. Okay, because I, I know on you know the animated series they they basically make it. She's Kara Kent, and she's yes. Clark's cousin, and she lives at the farm. You know, so that yeah, it seems a lot easier to just do that. But you know, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah. the kids are alive yeah. to, to raise her too. You know, which they're not correct. The, so Clark dumps her in an orphanage because you know everybody loves to mention that the super, super <laughs> yeah, Dickery yeah. Clark the Superman. Worst dumpster at an orphanage yeah yeah so <laughs> so, so here is actress maureen teefy uh she was in movies like greece 2 fame in 1941 playing what luck lucy lane little sister of lois lane boy what are the odds that that would happen 
<laughs> of all the people that needed a roommate, uh, with and and then the Kara just happened to. I love this. She doesn't know how to shake hands. That's a good bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, like holy, holy plot contrivances, Batman. I mean, you know, love a Pete. Uh, Lone Ranger ad on the back of this comic book, uh, Rob. It's for the uh, Western City and the, oh, the, the Lone Ranger <laughs> that line. toy line. Yeah. Yep, that Rob and I covered that movie on uh, on Film right. Water. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's reading an issue. Uh, yes, Lucy here is reading an issue of The Incredible Hulk. For some reason, why would you not make this a Superman comic? That's yeah. Or at least a one. DC comic. Or at least yeah. a DC comic, yeah. It, it, you know, it would be great if it was a Wonder Woman comic, I think. You know, that would have tied in nice, but. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Go. What a, a nice story. little Easter egg, you know, the, the principal's name is Mr. Danvers that, you know, in the comics, when she got adopted, she went from Linda Lee to Linda Danvers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So if she comes back, does this guy adopt her eventually? That's kind of, there we go. There's, yeah, there's the Hulk. you can see the Hulk right there. So. Oh, there it is. Yep. Somebody tell us which issue this is. I'm sure you can. Uh, somebody <laughs> listening. Uh, looks like Sal Bushima artwork to me. Yeah, uh, probably. So, I think yeah. it's. I think it's in the two sixties. I think we sourced that at some point online, oh, okay. and it's somewhere in the mid. It's like a. It's it's contemporary to the movie's production. Like it's from like eighty two, eighty three, something like that. So it's like in yeah. the in mid two seventies for Hulk. But yeah, it's a baffling choice. Like, well, <laughs> like they sent the prop guy out, get a comic book, and he was like, "All right, uh, Hulk, you know, like get a get a Super Friends, get a Wonder Woman." She said, "Get a DC book." What a strange. Again, this is imagine a company letting this through nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no chance. No chance. Although now yeah, I guess I, me now the Hulk exists in the Superman universe. Yeah, there you go. He might be just a comic book character, but still. Oh, here, here we go. Yeah. Our big moment. Yep. This closest thing we're gonna get to what we yep. were wanting, guys. <laughs> yeah, here we are. The music kicks in. And it's the Smallville music from Superman, not the Superman theme. Mm-hmm. That's what's weird. It's like Jerry Goldsmith like used that music cue from John Williams, not the Krypton theme or the Superman theme. He used the Smallville theme, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> you have to, yep. but you have to request. Can you? I mean, who owns that? Is Warner Brothers owns it? I don't know. Yeah, like, can you have to ask permission? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, they you know over the years they've. They were able to use the the Superman, the Williams theme on Smallville at times, like when Christopher Reeve first showed up, but then later they weren't. And then later at the end, they were again. So it's who knows? You know, it's according to who's in charge at the moment, I guess, maybe. (laughs) The the iMac that I am recording, I do all my shows on, is only slightly uh, newer than the machines they have in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) I did like in that prior scene, like when she puts her hand on the poster, you can tell that there's almost a reverence that she mm-hmm. has for him, right? This is yeah. like, oh, he's like really made it. That's yeah, a great so. scene. That's a great scene. I love it. I mean, again, scene. I'm a sucker for anything with Christopher Reeve Superman in it, but it's it's nice. They do it's they don't make a gag of it. It's she's really like oh and you know, again, it would have been so amazing to have him show up at the end of this yeah. movie, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, now she's making fun of uh now, okay. So this whole bit where she goes to school and does all this, this is my central issue with this film is that the mission, which is for a hard Bachman looks like he's never uh, operated a saw in his life, by the way, um, <laughs> he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, but anyway, the, the central core mission of this plot 
is, you know, Supergirl's got to get the Omega Hedron back to save Argo City, right? But that's a problem that only is existing because Zoltar was playing with the Omega Hedron like it's happy fun ball. It's it's not yeah. a it's not a problem that existed externally that Supergirl is oh what luck is there to fix like the way Superman happens to show up like Luthor's plan was always going to be I'm going to drop half of California into into the ocean Superman luckily is there to stop it so this all this whole conceit is Supergirl is only solving something that really shouldn't be a problem in the first place and that to me robs the film of any real urgency not urgency but robs it of any sort of purpose because you're like well if zoltar hadn't been such an idiot we wouldn't be having wouldn't be going on this journey and now this like the the argo city right presumably everybody back in argo city is like is it getting cold around here the lights getting yeah. dim yeah isn't there some <laughs> urgency to get this done why is she wasting time as a with a civilian identity and going to classes like get on the mission Kara. what are you doing uh, yeah, wouldn't it have been quicker to just stay as Supergirl and scan the yeah. Earth with her super <laughs> senses and find it and get back as quickly as possible? Yeah, I, I, I mean, we we know she becomes Linda Lee because she becomes Linda Lee in the comics, and she goes to school and and you know she lives in Midvale, and and so that's why all this is happening. But it, as far as the plot goes, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than. She wants to experience human life. That's great. I understand that. You know, she's heard about Earth. She wants to live like a human and experience it. But you might not want to do that after you go make sure your mom and dad don't suffocate to death or freeze yeah. in the vacuum of inner space or yeah. whatever. Do that yeah. on your own time, Carl. What are you doing? I'm like, come on. Yeah. All I, will, this, yeah. I will say they did a great job. She looks like a totally different person when she's Linda. I mean, the hair yeah. and the makeup. I mean, you know, we, the, you know, Christopher Reeve, of course, pulled that, the Clark Kent off. We all talked about that better than any actor before or since, but she looks like a totally different person. I think it's part of it's the makeup. She looks paler than, yeah. you know, maybe it's because of the brown wig or the, you know, the, the, you know, whatever, but she, she, she doesn't, look, I mean, it doesn't even look like the same actress, honestly. So I think they did a great job. Yeah, you know, getting back to the plot, my other problem with this is that Selena now has this, you know, world-changing device, and somehow the tarot cards tell her that the key to it all is love and loving that gardener. So yeah. it's just I don't understand where any of this is going. Yeah, yeah. As Chris said, she should be flying around the Earth at super speed, scanning the planet with her X-ray vision, and immediately finding the Omega Hedron, grabbing it, and flying back. That's the mission. Not look. She's she's got. She has time for this game. She has time for the for the hot. You know the lacrosse game here. Uh, I mean, come on. Now this doesn't. This makes no sense with physics because it, the ball isn't traveling at a high velocity that would cause it to explode just because it hit a hard surface. But okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's like the whole. You know, like later when uh, I think he doesn't Ethan try to pick her up and he can, it's like, well, she, yeah. you know, according to who's who, she really doesn't weigh anymore. Like <laughs> Superman only weighs, you know, two twenty five or whatever. Right. So she only two, weighs two like 25. Yeah. two twenty five. Yeah. She <laughs> only weighs like one eighty, you know, or like probably one thirty something or something. Right. Or may at the most. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't get that, but, and uh-huh. hey, and we've got Supergirl undressed just like the comics. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I think this is a, 
the influence of Porky's on early 80s. I was going to say that. This is so Porky's. It really is. That that shot where they panned across the girls getting a shower is so awkwardly cropped because they couldn't, they obviously yes. couldn't get to any lower, but it looked weird because like everyone's chins are at the bottom of the frame. You know, it just looks, it's very awkwardly composed because they're trying yeah. to hide any nudity. <laughs> Uh, I do like the, the X-ray vision. Do you like how they kind of show what she's seeing in the? In yeah, the, I thought that was neat. The and the hearing, yeah. super hearing. You could see the little slight like Aquaman sound waves thing. We saw that you know? in Superman three when he heard Buster crying when Ricky bumped his head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's we we right. saw that briefly, but yeah, it's the same effect. Some of these effects aren't the same, and some of the sounds aren't the same, but that was. So, yeah, let's look at this. She's got find the Omega Hedron, Kara. Yeah, she's doing, doing her hair. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, her mother's like, it's so cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cold here at Argo City. Yeah. So what do you think of the Lucy Lane character? Because at times she seems tomboy. At times she seems oversexed. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out where she lands. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way she's she just seems to be like, you know, she is she is the friend character who is there to just be whatever uh she uh Kara Linda needs in that moment in each scene she's in. Uh you know, yeah. that's that's basically <laughs> her role. Um and yeah, you're right. I mean, cause she's you know, talk about piercing her ears and yeah and the guys will go crazy and all that stuff. And yeah, it's it, but then she's very yeah, you know, she was out playing softball in the mud and so she's just a well rounded, you know, eighties gal, I guess. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> Yeah, when when you know, I don't know, like maybe I'm reading into it, but when she sees the Superman poster, she's like, Oh, yeah, you're cut you um, Lois knows him and she's like, Does she know him? That's yeah. the question. Right? Like <laughs> like in the biblical way, right? It's yeah. kind of like what I'm reading in parentheses. It gives her every exclusive, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's uh, in, in, you know, it's she knows Superman. She said, and and I I yeah. kind of feel like she does. Like so, Superman has met the family. You know, he's met Lucy. He's probably met General Sam, who's probably a jerk. Uh, the only Sam who isn't a jerk is on Superman and Lois, and sometimes he's a jerk, but he's usually not. But you know, so. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a shame they didn't have room for or didn't incline to maybe try and get Margot Kidder into this, but she was already yeah. kind of on the outs with them anyway. I mean, she's barely in Superman yeah. three. Right. Um, and it probably would have been very contrived. It's, I mean, although to me, less contrived to have Lois show up than Jimmy. You know, well, <laughs> you know, I know Lucy of, and yeah. Jimmy are an item in the comics, though, right? So, I mean, that's a. They've they've dated in the comics like back in the Silver Age even right so uh, yes totally in the Silver Age he was always kind of messing up and she was always like I'm breaking up with you but then they were back together the next day, the next day <laughs> yeah, she was like a stewardess right or correct yeah correct yeah <laughs> so that's that's you know that's that's I mean that's some deep comic canon you know Lucy's dating Jimmy Olsen you know <laughs> so, yeah. so DC was okay with that but not right. Brainiac. <laughs> we're fine with that can we use can we turn jimmy into porcupine boy or turn him into a turtle boy can we do that Giant turtle boy oh man that'd be that'd be fun. Cool. imagine if selena turned jimmy turned mark mcclure into giant turtle boy at the end of this how awesome yes. would that have been <laughs> uh so yeah so the whole put a spider in a walnut and all this stuff is very yeah wow um so I get the idea that Selena, like I said, she's she's new at this, and I I kind of feel like she started dating Nigel, and I don't know if he pulled her into it or 
she sought him out because she got into it. But I mean, there's, I think there's some interesting backstory that, but it's just, you can't get into it too much because she's just so cartoony. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. There's just no urgency to this threat. You know, they're just not, there's just none of this. The, again, I don't want to keep comparing it to the Superman films because those were directed by Richard Donner, our good friend, the late great yeah. Richard Donner. But those films have such a sense of menace and urgency and stakes. You know, it's like, oh my God, Superman's going to, New, New Jersey and California are going to sink into the, are going to be destroyed by a nuclear blast or General Zod is going to kill people or whatever. And this is all just kind of like silliness. And that's, you know, that, that's to me, that's the sort of fatal for this kind of film. You want to have some sense of, you know, purpose and some sort of like we're moving forward. The time's running out. The car's got to find the Omega Hedron. Uh, but they, the little, by, by the way, she comes with the little bracelet, which is the, you know, little, the, the little homing beacon bracelet yeah. that she's got. Yeah. And why did, why did he, he created that for her on her wrist there? It's like, why did he create that if he didn't think? You know, she he had no reason to think she'd have to like locate it with that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. And I'm assuming that's what she's using to fabricate her Supergirl outfit and her Linda outfit and change her appearance. And because either that or she's got magic finger lasers like the Phantom Zone villains and super <laughs> cellophane. And you know, uh, <laughs> it's just Maybe whatever. She power could you rip, need. Yeah, yeah, rip the shield off and throw it. Uh, yeah, there you go. It. Yeah. I should have mentioned now, this at, at the time. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I, I had heard that Ethan here, the gardener, was offered to John Travolta, which, oh considering where John Travolta's career was at that point, I'm surprised he didn't take it, But because um, he wasn't doing too well at the time, I don't think. But wow. um, Yeah, he he plays, the, and this is not Hart Bachner's fault, I don't think, because, like you said, he's great and diehard, and I don't think it's his limitations as an actor, but he is such a just an unappealing doofus. I mm-hmm. mean, there's like mm-hmm. nothing to yeah. him. He's like, he's just handsome. He's kind of, you know, du- he's just dumb. And it's like, why does everybody, I mean, look at the look on his face. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't, I really don't get why they made the character so relatively unlikable. I mean, you know, you should at least make it like, oh, I understand why these women are fighting over him, you know? Yeah. I mean, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense, but at least give him some kind of appeal beyond the fact that, yeah, he's a good looking guy and he's not built bad, but geez, you know, I mean, there's a hundreds of guys out there like that. I'll show him a little leg. So, you know, but uh, yeah, come on. I, I, I don't get it. He's, he is like Vinny Barbarino and, and uh, Danny <laughs> Zuko rolled into one here, you know, <laughs> what, where, yeah. weird. <laughs> Omega Hedron. <laughs> Up your nose with an Omega Hedron. You know? <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> I was going to mention just as apropos of nothing, but uh, there is a uh, DC Comics adaptation of Supergirl, which was released in 1985, long after the movie had come and gone. I think uh, uh, the Salkinds were hoping it would become like they released it in November, I think, thinking it would play through Christmas. And it did not. It played like a couple of weeks and then it got shuffled out of theaters. Um, but anyway, there was the, the adaptation released in 1985 with a cover by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. Um, and drawn by Gray Morrow. And we could talk about that in a little bit, but the thing I wanted to mention just, and I blew by it as we we're doing it, the scene where Supergirl changes into Linda's costume in stages where she walks behind trees. She does the old, uh, Jack Pierce Wolfman effect where she goes, changes, you know, bit by bit in the adaptation that Gray Morrow draws. 
he draws the panel of her in multiple forms changing and in one panel she's topless uh you can't really see anything but it's but gray morrow loved to draw naked women and i thought he just couldn't probably help himself so that's why he threw it in but if you see it you're like what it just is very startling you're like that's the only time they ever did that and i'm like was everybody was everybody at dc just asleep at the switch when they did that what's happening it's like that late uh, 80s Spectre series that uh, yes. Gray Morrow drew that one issue with Madame Xanadu. Holy cow, I don't see how DC ever printed that comic. I mean... <laughs> I don't even know was... what you're talking about. What, what is that? Uh, Madame Xanadu is writhing around naked, basically having a, an issue-long orgasm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not even kidding. Okay. Read, the, yeah. read the comic. Go to... The... Go to uh, hold on, uh, eBay.com. <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. Let me. <laughs> it's an issue of the Spectre. I don't know what number it is, but Gray Morrow loved drawing naked women. He just loved yeah, yeah. it, you know. So yeah. Now, and but... you have that comic, right? You have the adaptation. I have the adaptation. I actually have it signed by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, praise be his uh, name. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I I've got it. I don't can't find it because I was going to find look. <laughs> I looked in my Supergirls and I looked like, okay, here's a couple of issues of Daring New Adventures I've got. And here's the, uh, the, the, the 90s uh, series that was, you know, with Matrix and Lex 2 from Australia, you know. And no, it's not in between there. Where's it at? So I'm going to have to go find <laughs> out where this comic is. I it's not it bad. It's really yeah. not bad. I mean, it's, no. it's, Morrow does the coloring uh, and he uses a lot of great Zipatone effects. Which he loved mm-hmm. to do, and it really it brings the the fight scene some real kind of like uh, kind of gravitas to them. It's not really it's all altogether not a bad adaptation. Yeah, and th- there's a little bit of a change to the ending when we get to the end fight. I'll probably mention it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does Nigel have on? I know they mentioned it, but I mean, my gosh, he I don't know what that outfit is. <laughs> Looks like yeah. he's about to get his hair cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a bad, you know, it almost has like a Michael Jackson beat it feel to mm-hmm. it. Yes. He's yes. like 60, right? Like, what, what are you trying to do, dude? Nigel says relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's yeah, got this... those shoes on with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is all, this is all just so silly, you know, like it, it just, yeah. Free Dunaway is, is playing it for high comedy. Again, so did Gene Hackman. Yep. Not that Gene Hackman didn't. Gene Hackman saw Lex Luthor as an out. I remember listening to the com- the uh, commentary track, which I've mentioned on pretty much every episode of Superman Movie Minute with Richard Donner and Tom Mankiewicz. And Tom Mankiewicz refers to Lex Luthor as, and I quote, an out-and-out comedy part, which I remember wow. was star- I was startled when I heard him say that because I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, he's funny. But he's also really scary with that temper, with the, you know, I mean, he's really scary. And uh, at least I thought so as a kid. And maybe it's just poured it over to me as a as, as close as I get to being an adult. But this to me, it's again, I'm going to keep going on and on. But Selena is just so not a threat. So every time Helen Slater is not on screen, uh, as we mentioned, she's the best part of this movie. Every time she's not on the screen, you're like, get back to Supergirl, you know, show me yeah, yeah. Supergirl. This is all just you're just spinning your wheels here. I, I will say, you know, we've talked about this, Rob, that it, it there's that razor's edge that the first movie, you know, it balanced the comedy, even even with the buffoonery of, of, of Otis, Ned Beatty's Otis, and, and even Lex being buffoonish at times, it still it, it still stayed, it never got into the, the out and out camp 
feel. Yeah. I know some people say that it did, that Lex was too campy and this and that, but I mean, you know, only the first movie and parts of two, really the things directed by Donner right. uh, uh, yeah. managed to balance that. And yep. it's that formula was just never, it's like, nobody else could do it i mean you know it it, it wasn't it wasn't the salt kinds that did it because the, they, they were involved in every one of these, these films um so it was it, it it was it was our pal dick donner you know that yeah. without yeah. him he had that he had that the secret spice i don't know you know yeah he had he had the 11th urban spice where they've only got <laughs> 10 you know if you've because you know kfc big sponsor of the superman movies although we're going to switch allegiances here in just a minute <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just, gonna... yeah, he's just wandering around town, you know, in a in a daze because she, you know, put a spell on him. Which I mean, you know, you think that they would like lock him down or something. This is yeah. cool. Obviously, a stunt woman flies in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great but, bit. But it's a great bit. It's really well done. Yeah, great, great. It, you know, yeah, looks great. And here's this town. Oh, here we go. Yep. Mark, Mark McClure, Jimmy Mark Olsen. McClure. Samuel L. Jackson of the original DC film <laughs> universe. Mark McClure's Jimmy Olsen. I'm yeah. here to talk to you about the Justice League initiative. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he looks to be like, what do you think he is? Like early 30s hanging out with this like 15-year-old girl? I'm like, there's something <laughs> creepy about this. And the guy behind him has his shirt unbuttoned all the way. Very early 80s. And meanwhile, Jimmy's still dressed like a dork, like he always yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> Not... yeah, he he does dress like it's like 1950. Yeah, yeah. His Jack Jack Larson's wardrobe was just ported over, you know, uh, <laughs> to to Mark McClure. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's like, "That's Clark Kent's cousin," you know. <laughs> so I don't know what he meant by that. Was he saying like, "Oh, Clark's Kent's cousin's not like a total"? She, you know. Does he think she? I mean, what's he thinking? Is is like, yeah. oh, she's kind of cute, or or oh, she's she's a nerd too, or I mean, I don't I don't know what Jimmy's thinking when he says that. It's kind of it's kind of hard to say, you know. So, I mean, it's he, been established they know that Clark is an only child, so yeah, the cousin yeah. thing would not make any sense. Even she even asking any more like you at home? Uh, no, not really. So <laughs> yeah. well, he could have a cousin. I mean, his parents could have yeah. you know like siblings. Oh, that's true. That yeah, that's true. That would I'm thinking. Uh, I, I yes. Yeah, sister. Yeah, it would be yeah. nephew or niece, right. not uh, cousin. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Right. Yeah. So Jimmy's guy's camera now. Now Jimmy, Jimmy's going to just let this guy just walk out in traffic. This is why you don't have a signal watch, Mark McClure. <laughs> 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 don't try to save the guy. What would your What would your pal do, Jimmy? What would Superman do? You know. Ask yourself that. And no, let's go eat some Popeyes. I really yeah. want to get some. I, I really like their biscuits. Let's go. It says biscuits right there. Let's go inside. <laughs> There's a Popeyes right next to my LCS, too, which, you know, we go to my LCS. A lot of times we eat at Popeyes. I'll just say that. And I, I don't think of the Supergirl movie, but now I will again. So <laughs> comic book reading and Popeyes, a, a recipe for good health. I would say that's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You better be reading the ones that you got out of the dollar box when you're eating the chicken, because that's the <laughs> that's right. You're gonna ruin the books. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, so now this thing is this scene is really well done, but man, it's long. This is it's like a long. really long scene. <laughs> it's long, <laughs> and it feels a little bit like Killdozer. 
the Migo Mangler. It's like the Migo yes. Mangler. <laughs> right. And it feels a little bit like, um, is it Soylent Green where they use the front loader to like yeah. clear the <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> they scoop all the people into the, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. And it's like, you know, just like go up, just get off the road, dude. Like in any, yeah. anything, you know, it's like, go yeah, up run inside. Side. What are you doing? Why do you yeah, keep, first, I yeah. guess he tries here in a minute. That car had a flat tire even before that. I never noticed that before. It had a flat tire. <laughs> Abandoned there. Yeah. So as the scene drags on and on and on, uh, I'll ask you both. Did I know, I'm pretty sure Chris, you did. Did either one of you have the Mego Supergirl doll back in the day? I did not. Did you? You really didn't? Oh, I thought you would have. No, I I only had a handful of the later Migos because, you know, I came in a little late. And by then, they I think by the time I started buying Migos, they had quit. If they hadn't quit making Supergirl, then they were close to stop on the the Super Gals. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I've got one now, but... um, And, and, you know, it's kind of funny. I was was talking, uh, you know, Angie and I were talking offline before... um, around this time, you know, probably when this movie was in production, that's when Kenner was ramping up for the powers line. Cause well, it came out in 84. So no, it came out in 84, but, but they had made a prototype of Supergirl to pitch the line out of one of their glamor gals figures, which were these three and three quarter inch fashion models, you know, about the size of star Wars or GI Joe real American hero figures. And they had shown the prototype. They made a prototype of Supergirl to pitch it, but she never made it into the line. That's so, a crime. That's an absolute yeah. crime. And if this movie had been a success, I guarantee you, in 1985, Supergirl would have been in Wave 2. But, it, you know, she didn't make it in because probably this movie didn't go over that well. There is even a drawing of a Bizarro Supergirl figure that they were going to make. And they never oh. made Bizarro. <laughs> Amazing. <sighs> you imagine what a Supergirl figure would look like with all that superpower sculpting and modeling. The, yeah. the colors, the how costume accurate yeah. it would have been. That would have been, yeah. oh my God, it would have been gorgeous. And nice to have Wonder Woman if somebody to talk to. Uh, yeah. That whole line, the either. only woman in the whole line. Yep. Yeah. That's now, Lucy, sh- Jimmy might be a schlep, but Lucy's trying to, she's trying to stop this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you got to give her love. Yeah. 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 Good for her. She's, she's a, she is her, uh, her sister's, she's Lois's sister through and through because she just, big N, little O, little B. Little E, little exactly. L. Exactly. Price. Yep. P, little white P. Right. You know, if one <laughs> same, thing consists of yeah, all Lois Lanes from Fleischer onward, you know, they'll do, oh, that didn't look real convincing that she had read, but yeah. other than that, yeah. Uh, Superman movies like to blow up gas stations. I don't know. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even now. It's really tearing the hell out of this town. It is. <laughs> Busting through a bunch of buildings and so. Yeah. Now there's a giant tire on the loose. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, this thing's just, just, I mean, Selena's so subtle, you know, and it takes Linda a while to figure out, oh, I, maybe I better stop that. I will say, yeah, yeah. yeah. The super um, speed trick was kind of nice, though. I like that. Here we go. This guy's apparently in the, see a gas attendant? Maybe he's a gas attendant. I thought he was in the military, but he might, he, I guess he was a gas attendant. Oh, that's going to stink. All those burning oh, tires. Man, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like Springfield, the, the never-ending tire fire. <laughs> never-ending tire fire. Right. Come on, Karen. Come the, on. The, there's a, there's a. I love the fact that there's so many cool. There's these great promotional shots of Supergirl, but she's got Popeyes in the background. She's got Popeyes in the background. Yeah. Why didn't they have Supergirl glasses at Popeyes, guys? 
what the it hell? It would have been had... a shame because yeah. there weren't any up here at this point. Yeah, I mean, there is there know, was no merchandising push for this movie at no. all. Just some books, like I've got the storybook that I think Max showed us on on our in our Facebook group the other day, and and uh, just things like that, like maybe some activity books, you know, but yeah. no toys, no. no unfortunately, you know, I don't know, maybe there were pro- was there a Halloween costume that year? Maybe. I don't know. I know there's been Supergirl Halloween costumes, but I don't know when. But yeah, why, why did we get, I mean, this was around the era we got, you know, uh, well, this same year we got Star Trek three glasses somewhere. Oh. So why don't we get Supergirl glasses? I'd, I'd have those right now with my Superman set. I'm sitting right next to <laughs> <laughs> Superman, the movie set. Ange, do you, so I forgot to ask me, Ange, do you have the Mego doll? I do not have the original Miko doll. They Ooh, made a okay. they made a copy of it a couple of years ago that I purchased. But okay, all right. Very hard to find in complete condition because the shoes keep correct. That's the, the ballet yeah, slippers. The big thing, the ballet slippers. Yeah, I've got a pair of Repro red boots on her because I'm just like I like the boot look better anyway, and I'm just like I don't care about those slippers enough to pay <laughs> nose for them. I could get Repros, I guess, but they don't stay on with her stocking feet worth of crap. So that's no, that's. All this looks really good. I, yeah. I will say. And why not stop the whole thing though? Why did she why let not everybody do this? Build? Yeah, it's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still breaking stuff. Yeah, come on. It's, well, she's yeah. new at this. You know, she's she just let it. But she's she's all about saving the guy, even though she's not in yeah. love with him yet. But wow, that was a that was a fast change. Okay, that was yeah. nice. Why well, change the Linda here though? Other than to make him fall in love with Linda, why not just stay Supergirl? I guess she doesn't want anybody to see her as Supergirl, even though she just appeared in public as Supergirl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like Wonder Woman 1984 people. all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but her flying around it um, was really well done, I thought. Yes. And, uh, just, uh, you know, it was just before this that we heard Faye Dunaway for the first time use the word Supergirl, right? Like, what do you mm-hmm. see as a Supergirl? First time we've heard that word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, in this movie though, it makes it makes sense. She's an L, so that's her family crest too. So yes. I, mean, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that, I like that. So yeah, it's you know not only is she copying her cousin, but that's that's her family's uh, symbol, or maybe it means hope. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, so, yeah, no, I just yeah. <laughs> the, the, the 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 L's as a family have got to stop falling in love with the first human they meet. When they yeah. land on yeah. Earth, you know, they got to look <laughs> around a little bit. I mean, I know Clark met Lana first, but st- generally he, they kind of meet one person and they're like, that's it. And they're like, you know what? You can chop around a little bit. You don't have to, you know, it's a big world yeah. out there. Yeah. He met Lori Lamaris, you know. And, oh uh, yes, of course. Yes. Cause that's in the movie continuity is Lori. Lamaris. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had, he had Lana and then he had, uh, what's her name? Meryl Hemingway's character in Superman four. But oh God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, hey, oh. hey, we're only about an hour away from that, Rob. As far oh, as oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You it's, know, it's, it's, it's strange to me because we've been talking about how this gardener is a doofus. He comes out of that thing. He starts quoting poetry, right? Yeah. And and the funny thing about it is, like, this is how big a nerd I am. I'm like, is that a real poem? So I actually, like, typed the lyrics into Google. And no, it's just that he made that up on the spot. Mm, okay. 
Oh man, yeah, that is he's a. I mean, he's another one of those characters that's just like whatever he needs to be in that moment. That's what he is. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, this just not. These are sad to say they're basically ciphers <laughs> serving the plot yeah. of the such as it is of of, of this film <laughs> at times. Now I haven't seen I haven't seen the ninety minute cut of this in a very long time, so I don't exactly remember what's cut it, what's got cut out, like what's here that wasn't there. I do feel like boy, these Selena scenes go on a long time. Like, did they cut? Yeah, is yeah. this cut? Because there's just way too much footage of these two just bopping around the set. And yeah, you, I think remember? I, I haven't seen the original. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. I was going to ask you if you if you remember because I, I I don't I haven't seen the original probably in since probably the late eighties maybe early nineties. Yeah, same. I do know that like when you read about it, they say that um, the most of what was cut was Selena's backstory to make you like understand that she actually is a witch and actually cast spells and actually knows stuff. So I get the feeling that most of this stuff was cut and has now been put back in to okay. try to like bulk up her backstory. Maybe a little too much, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little, a little, bit little too much. Too much. <laughs> maybe maybe is... cutting 30 minutes out was a little much, but maybe restoring 30 minutes was too much too. Maybe somewhere in the middle there. Well, I think this is the cut that was released. This was released internationally before, like in the summer, right? And then in the U S in the fall. And so this is that cut that was released internationally by, and Warner Brothers didn't even release this movie. No. TriStar did. Yeah. Amazing. US. Isn't that, that is another detail that people, kids that have grown up on the Marvel movies or just in the current movie environment. It's inconceivable that Warner Brothers would let, when you think about how much, you know, corporations have an iron grip on their IP, any IP. The idea that they would have, they would, I mean, they had to allow the Supergirl movie to get produced because they had sold the rights, which is amazing when you think. The Salkinds yeah. had the rights to Superman for over 15 years, which yeah. is unbelievable. But they pitched this to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers wanted to put it out in the summer, and the Salkinds were concerned that it, it would be overwhelmed with all the summer films. So they said, no, 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 we want a holiday release. We think it'll do better over the Christmas holiday, it turned out to be wrong, but that was their pitch. And Warner said, well, we don't have any room in our holiday slate, so we're passing. And it got yeah. bought by TriStar. But I mean, just, you can't imagine that. Imagine this day and age, somebody saying, hey, we went and made a Spider-Man movie. And Marvel's like, nah, that's all right. Like, this yeah. actually never had. Well, I will say this, though, Rob. Up until like a few months ago, I would have said yes. But now that who owns Warner Brothers now? They're sitting on a Bruce Tim produced Kevin Conroy starring Batman series that they won't run on HBO Max. Yeah, fair. So yeah. we're you know, back fair. to that now because we've got some doofus running Warner Brothers that doesn't know his butt from a hole in the ground, you know? So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a fair point, Chris. That really is. There's a, there's an entire Batgirl movie. Again, nice parallel yeah, with Batgirl here. There's a Batgirl movie sitting in a vault that nobody can see that features Michael Keaton yeah. as yeah. Batman. And we're, we're, we will pro- look, we'll see it eventually, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, we'll, it's going to get out. But yeah, you're, that's true. I mean, it's a little different killing yeah. a movie for tax purposes, but just the idea that like the Saul kinds could have the rights to Superman. Yeah. yeah. And Warner Brothers had just, basically had no input. And, uh, right. Unbelievable. 
you can give Marvel an excuse because they didn't have a studio when they sold off the Spider-Man rights, yes. the FF yes. rights, and the X-Men rights. But yeah. Yeah. Warner Brothers always, DC always had that connection to Warner, Warner since the late 60s. Yep. You know, yep. So, yeah. Now, this, I think this looks really cool. The Shadow Monster, it's like, yes. it's kind of like um, Forbidden Planet, right? It's the, it's like mm. the, the creature that you don't see, yes. right? And then. And you even get the you, it lights up with animation later, you know, which is yes. it's very like when they're shooting that. the guns, right? In, yeah. In the planet, when they're shooting the guns at it, then you see the outline. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's the special effects are pretty cool. Those are practical effects to see the car crush itself, like under the mm-hmm. weight of this thing. It's like yeah. really great. The dirt, the earth move, like you can yeah. see the footprints of the thing. I, I like it. I think it's really imaginative. It's really well done. Uh, there's an AW machine. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Frewer has to fix that later. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want that guy hanging out around a girl's school. Yeah. For dang sure, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, I mean, this all looks, I mean, she's getting yeah. tossed around yeah, and getting good. tossed around. It looks great. Yeah. That's a that's a great callback to Forbidden Planet, Chris. I never really thought about that, but yeah, it does remind you of that monster at the end of uh, Forbidden Planet. You know, Disney, uh, Walt Disney gave him the, uh, I forgot who it was, but his best animator, like they, they asked Walt Disney, cause like, could you, could you guys animate this? And he's like, I put my best man on it. And that's who animated the, that sequence in Forbidden, Forbidden Planet. So oh, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 This all looks great. Yeah. This looks cool. Yeah. 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 It's so cool. It tickles. Got this. Got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Electricity <laughs> is evil. Electricity yeah. is evil. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to add the sound effect, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, let's get Cindy in here so we can do the little intro. Electricity yeah, is evil. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All this looks, yeah, the, the, this stuff all looks great, and it's you know we're getting to see this. It's the, this is what she can do. You know, she's got all yeah. the powers of Superman. All this stuff's really cool. This looks like something out of the Masters of the Universe movie right now. I mean, it really does. I mean, yeah. this right with the wind and the electric, you know, I was like, I, I have the power. There you yeah. go. Da, da, that, da, look, da, that, da, that looks da, really da, neat. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, yeah, there's the creature and it's the, it's the yeah. same monster we'll see later, which yes. actually looks pretty cool. Which I, I'm thinking it's supposed to be the monster, like the, the thing that she's put the Omega Hedron in looks yes. devilish. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's supposed to be taking on that shape. Yes. Yeah, and it's growing. The, the, yes, the, it's growing. The weird little box is is growing. Yeah, yeah. Now, now let's cut the tension back to the silliness of yes, yes. Selena doing a mystery science theater thing here, <laughs> yeah. narrating the action. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to pick on Fate Dunaway. She's a perfectly fine actress, and same thing with Brenda Vaccaro. But yeah, this every time they're cutting back to her, I'm like, oh god, no, stick with stick with Supergirl. Like <laughs> this is what I want to see. This is kind of funny. She forgets that she's going in as Supergirl. Yes. I like that bit. <laughs> and of, of course, the dead mother is a drunk. So yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I never noticed until watching this movie. You know, I've noticed just there her skirt's yellow on the inside. I never noticed that before. So that's kind is of it. A, I didn't notice yeah. that. Huh. She's got the Tim Drake Robin cape effect going on. You know. <laughs> Yellow on the inside. Does she have? Does she have a yellow S on the back of her cape? I haven't noticed. Yes, uh, at times, much like Superman does. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, because in the movie. movie he doesn't. They 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 drop yeah. that from the movie. No, in Superman the movie he does. Yeah. He does. In the Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah, he's got a yellow S on the back of his cape. Really? Yeah. I can't believe I've 
Not noticed Henry that. Does four thousand yeah. times I've seen that film. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He's got yeah, a yellow. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. You know, it, it, it's you know the costume. There's one of the costumes that in the Metropolis Superman Museum, and it's hmm. there. You know, it's on a horrible mannequin though, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 got the it's got the S on the back, and it's all yellow, like and this one is too. So. Ange, do you know offhand where the Supergirl book was at this point? Was it like where oh, in the run? Was it was it in the middle yeah. of the run? Yeah, you know, you may remember this from the five hour sampler uh, episode you did, <laughs> but it, it was around uh, issue thirteen of Daring New that this changed, and so they stripped Daring New off of the title. the The logo was now the logo from the movie. She has a new costume because her old costume gets destroyed in the atomic cauldron in the Fortress of Solitude, and she's I'm going to adopt this new this new costume that that was supposed to mirror the um the movie and it gets canceled um i think at issue either 23 or 24 i can't believe i don't remember that isn't amazing isn't that amazing to yeah. think that a movie didn't we i, I don't know why i'm constantly surprised by this because it, it just it's clear that it doesn't work this way that a movie wasn't enough of a there wasn't enough spillover from a yeah. feature film that could keep the Supergirl book going for more than another year after, after that, that yeah. just seems amazing. You really couldn't get a, you didn't pick up a couple of thousand more Supergirl fans. Yeah. You know, I'd be very to interested to know, you know, if the book itself, right. You, you know, they probably knew this was being filmed. And so if you say the, the movie was released around issue 13, right. They had some lead time. So I wonder if they were like, we should put a solo title out because this movie is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should ask Paul Kupperberg at the next uh, at the next con I see him. Yeah, I, I, I you know I would guess that because that's why the Blackhawk book came back right in the eighties mm-hmm. because yeah. mm-hmm. Spielberg, Spielberg had the option for the first time on the film. Uh, so yeah, that makes total sense, and that was around the same. Well, they advertised the Daring New Adventures of Supergirl and Blackhawk coming back in the same the yep. new DC. There's no stopping us now. Ad, you know, with uh, I remember I remember that, and uh, it's so. Is it true? I mean, I've read this and the timing certainly seems that because this movie tanked, that's what put Supergirl on the crisis chopping block. Is that probably true? probably, you know, they, when they talk about it, there's there's this famous um, intermemo note, like handwritten on a DC pad that says, Jeanette, can we kill Supergirl? Like, yes. No, um, <laughs> maybe, but we'll bring her back. Something like that, and uh, and there's the X that says yes, right? And and so if you honestly, if you think about it, this movie's out in '84. She's killed by the end of '85, right? So, yeah. um, wow, that's right. Crazy. Jeez, that was that's right, wasn't that? Yes, that's when that was. I mean, I remember uh-huh. that being one of the things that shocked me so much when Supergirl died and like she died and I felt like, okay, this, they actually killed her. And this was before they killed off characters. Look, he can't lift her. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah. they <laughs> killed off characters and then brought them back, you know, willy nilly in the comics. You know, you, you know, that was before the trope really set in, but it's like, she's a movie star. They, yeah. They, they, and I, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand that the movie didn't like go over that well i mean i i I just i guess i thought well it must have went over well it's a superhero movie so you know it's i liked it well enough it's you know i and just the fact that they they killed they just made a movie of her and then they just killed her you know i just yeah i was just gobsmacked by 
buy it when I bought that issue, you know, a number number seven of, of Crisis. Uh, yeah. So is now, that the is that the most homaged cover you think of all time? Superman uh, holding Supergirl's body, or is it the Justice League want to make something of it cover? Like it's one of those two, I think. Yeah, it's one of those two. It's a you know the for an action one, and uh, the first Fantastic Four gets homaged a lot. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's up there. It's up there. Yeah, and that Crisis Seven cover. I mean, like there, you know, whatever. Didn't somebody send out one that there was like a, a sad sack homage cover to it on a Simpsons episode? Like yes, like, yeah, like, yes, there was. Out, right? That's right. You know, so like that has made it. it. It was you know on that show Fringe. They they showed comic books from other universes, and there's one of Supergirl holding Superman's dead body that uh, that made it out onto the internet. That um, oh, I never heard of that. That's awesome. Fringe, yeah. That's cool. Deep cut. I, 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 th- I like that, uh, you know, that Alex Ross at some point has painted a version of that cover where Christopher Reeve is holding Helen Slater's Supergirl. Oh, amazing. Jeez. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the scene of Superman. He used the, the photo of him screaming when Lois dies in the first movie to, oh, you know, cool. it's the same. It's the same screen. <laughs> when you're Alex Ross, you can make any nerd dream come true. You can just <laughs> yes. do it. Because you're Alex Ross. Put 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 Christopher Reeve and, and Nicholas Hammond in the same image from the back of the Treasury book, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, somebody will buy it. Do you can make money? You know, like that's that's just amazing. Can I can yeah. I do Adam West Batman, Christopher Reeve Superman, and Linda Carter Wonder Woman together? Sure. All right. Yep. Here's, right here's a print. Sell a million of these. Yep. Throw them in with the Legend of the Superheroes guys. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, when Selena's doing this, I mean. You know, I mean, yeah, they're moving at super speed, I guess. And, you know, she doesn't know that Linda's Supergirl. But, yeah. I mean, what you going to do? Just make them throw up? Or, gonna, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really know what the danger. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going that much faster than it ever does. I've, I've rode those things, right? You know? So. <laughs> yeah, usually Def Leppard is playing in the background. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you. Yeah, so. Yeah. I have the power to control Mr. Toad's wild ride. I am unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, great. A good, 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 you know, one shot there. Yeah. Yes. Her dropping into the frame like that. If that it was nowadays, it'd been a three point landing, but you know, oh, yes. totally, yeah. the Iron I mean, Man landing. It's so funny. The three point landing is such a cliche that now they make fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Their own movies, the Black Florence Widow Pugh, movie. They yeah, make fun yeah. Of it. yeah. Florence Pugh. <laughs> I the love three that. point the landing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then she does it. She's like, uh, yep, she, yeah. <laughs> I am Kara of Argo City. She does not call herself Supergirl. Yes, and this whole "I don't scare easily" is a line that has actually been inserted in a whole bunch of different Supergirl comics. Right? There's, there's definitely one of of Sterling Gage where he, where she says, "I am Kara Zor-El, and I don't scare easily." So, uh, one little line that's translated into the comics a couple of times. So I guess Sterling Gates must be a big fan of this film then if he incorporated yeah. so much of it in. That's cool. Yeah, That's he's cool. a huge fan of the character. It's a shame that he didn't get to write her more. Um, so This part here really gets me. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to get run over by bumper cars. Yeah. Like, what is the danger in getting run over by, even if they're NFL bumper cars, which are really cool looking, by the way, I will say. And I'm assuming, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm assuming that's a real 
carnival ride of some kind that they that they've used here because it's got real NFL teams. There's the Bengals, which you know, yes, that's yeah, the closest that was, NFL team I've got is the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I recognize that. But. Right. That well, this is one of the things that I was going to say is that it's the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, logo. It's the old Patriots logo. So to see these is very nostalgic for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's uh, doing her sp- uh, best Stevie Nicks gig right there. The you know, Selena with her. Yep. Stand back, stand back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was about to say when when Selena turned into those duplicates, I was like, I wanted Supergirl to say, I "Used to play this game in school. I never was very good at it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now, isn't this more dangerous to take him up through the ceiling than to just like, get hit by bumper cars? <laughs> yeah. She's new again. She's new. Yeah. this is very high. Yeah, this is very yeah. very high. It knocked him out, and she's smiling. Oh my God, we're it. getting into the. Getting into the ionosphere there. The air is getting kind of thin. He's going to run by. She's going to blow by Superman with Lois on his fingertips. Going by. Yeah. Yeah, He had kind of a rough night there, too. He dropped her, you know, so. (laughs) Space bird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Now, this part, this little bit here is really cool. I mean, I know it's a simple effect, but it's. It's cool. Yeah. 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 That's neat. She's literally just turned steel into rubber, you know. Yeah, or garden looks like a garden hose now. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's a cool, nice, tangible, you know, view of the powers. Like that's what you can do. Yeah, bend metal. Yeah. Cool. And one of the things that I think, right? I mean, I, we're dissecting this movie, right? But now that you've watched it a couple of times, you can tell like she doesn't know what she's doing. Selena, that is, she doesn't know what yeah. she's doing. But as this movie progresses, she is more capable of doing what she wants with with this power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, look, she's a, yeah. I mean, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we on this flight? <laughs> the air is so thin. He's, you know, he's already unconscious. He probably stopped breathing at some this point. This is I'm three sure. states over. What's happening? Yeah. Let me this? find the most romantic spot that I can put you down. At least it's a Patriots car. As a Patriots <laughs> fan, I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah. Ange, do you want to do the 80 for Brady commentary in a couple of weeks? Film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Moment> streaming. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, this is silly. This is, yeah. Yeah. Guys, this movie's too long. <laughs> this movie's too <laughs> <Yeah>. long. <laughs> I mean, it honestly could use a, you could use a nip or tuck too, sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is there's too much. This is too, no. The other cut's not good. Yeah, the coconut in the head. <laughs> the I mean, coconut just, to the head. Uh, and she just you know randomly just made a coconut transport and smack him in the head. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think part of it too is like you know, I mean they did confront each other just then, but a lot of this is. You know, unlike Star Trek Two, which Kirk and Khan are never together in the same scene, right? It's all on view screens. That totally worked. This doesn't. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most people don't even realize that until you know. Hey, wait a minute! They're never in the same scene together, right? But yeah, that's I never noticed until I don't know ten years ago when somebody mentioned it. I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's all because Ricardo Montalban had was filming Fantasy Island and couldn't, you know, he is he he had to film his scenes, you know, when they weren't filming the rest of the film, which is just so weird to think. But that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's way too much of this. This is yeah. way way too much of these two. 
going yeah. on. And but you know what happens is and I've read this enough about films like when when they they're making a movie and then they realize like somebody's really bringing it, they tend to expand their part sometimes because they, they, yeah. they when they realize other parts of the movie aren't working as well and then one part is that part gets and I feel like Jano Swark was in love with Brenda Vaccaro. Like he just loved what she was doing. (laughs) And so it was like more, more, more. Cause it's just as a hench woman, she's gotten, she gets way too much screen time. Again, no offense to Brenda Vaccaro, but just she's in this film way too much vis-a-vis the villain. You know, there's just way too much of her. Yeah. Well, I I can see that. Don't they say Rob that the, um, uh, they loved the chemistry between Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Borgai so much of the big sleep that they literally wrote and added scenes and brought them back. That whole, yes. how do you like horse racing? I like people to come at me from behind. Like yep, that whole yep, speech yep. is all like post-production because yep. they said chemistry is so much. Yep. And you're like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute, this is what's working. Let's do this. Son of Frankenstein, uh, Bela Lugosi is, as uh, Igor, they – his part was small, but the director thought he was doing such a wonderful job. They just kept expanding the part, expanding the part. He steals the movie. He steals yeah. the entire movie from Basil Rathbone and Boris Karloff. And uh, so, yeah, that, that happens sometimes. That might be my favorite impression of yours, Chris, is Bella Lugosi as Igor. <laughs> <laughs> I steal the bodies. Yes. They say. <laughs> It's, everybody, that's how distracted we're getting watching this hour, two hour cover of Supergirls. We're doing commentaries for other films. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, remember this other movie we saw that we liked? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is why I suppose you couldn't do this five minutes because there would be one that was like, we haven't left Selena and Bianca. Could you imagine trying to break this down five minutes at a time? What would there yeah. be to say about a five minute scene of Selena vamping around? Like, we could literally take five minutes segments and just jumble them, and you'd never notice that they're out of order. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's yes. That that this is, is the, what uh. I like. That that is this. Getting back to the movie, I'm going to comment on the movie now. Uh, <laughs> this is not a costume. These are my clothes. Uh, well, not really. You just made this up while on your way here. You know, it's not, this isn't what you wear on Krypton. This is, you know, this is not your out. This is a. This is your cousin's your your barge your cousin's uniform, basically. <laughs> yeah. He can't he can't notice that that they're the same woman because there's no glasses to hide behind. I mean, I know you said she yeah. does look very different as a brunette yeah. with her hair pulled back. And she's but yeah, more if you're in love with her, I would think you'd notice that she has the yeah. same facial structure yeah. and eyes. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Same voice, you know, yeah. <laughs> the same kind of yeah, they, we're supposed to get like a Tracy Hepburn thing, and this is not yeah, you know, it's not happening. That's a nice little scene. She jumps over him and lands very mm-hmm. gracefully on one foot. She looks good, and and she's just she's just lovely, right? She's very captivating in this whole role. I, I will say this too, you know, and this is this is well, maybe this kind of a knock against the guys, but the, the the two actors that played Superboy on the 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 Superboy series that Salkinds produced after this, um, they never looked nearly as good in the in f- the flying scenes. I mean, yeah, some of them. Some of them were bad, you know, green screen. They don't look that great. But there are some, there's quite a bit of takeoff, you know, landing scenes. And they had the exact same technology. Some of the same technicians worked on the Superboy TV series. 
so again, just like Christopher Reeve, Helen Slater is their greatest special effect in this film because mm-hmm. yeah. she brings something to that that other people just couldn't do. And that's what Christopher Reeve did. So that's a that's a great uh you know, that's that's another great thing about her in, in this film. Isn't it amazing to think though that just there was only there's what, five years between four years between Supergirl and Superboy? Those productions? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and started, f- it started in 88, so four. 88, yeah. right, so four years. Now, think about that show. I haven't seen that show since it aired, but that show was steeped in comic book culture. Now, part of it oh, is because yeah. they had the writers, but, I mean, DC obviously didn't have an issue with it just four years later because you've got Mixter McPiddleck and Bizarro and, like, all – I mean, that, that – I thought that was the appeal of that show is that it went so hard into the yeah. DC, you know, archives and, you know, so DC was like, no, 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 no Brainiac, no Mixes Piddleic, no nothing here. And then just four years later, it's like, oh, do you want to do Toy Man? Yeah, let's do the yeah. Toy Man. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, Metallo is a villain yeah. on the yeah. yeah. TV series. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Bizarro on there is just great. I mean, that I watched those episodes recently and that, that those Bizarro episodes hold up really well. Yeah, some of the effects are clunky, but stories are great. The TV budget. You know, yeah. By the way, I will mention uh, if anyone uh, is interested and has not read this book, I, I recommend it. it's called Superman versus Hollywood. It's by Jake Rawson. It's got a forward by Mark Millar. Uh, this was sent to me as a gift by uh, uh, Dr. Professor Chuck Coletta from PGSU. And it just basically tells all the stories of Superman in other media. And it's not the the writer gets a little snarky with some of the Superman stuff, like Super Friends. He, he basically dismisses all the Super Friends cartoons as child as trash, and which is not accurate. Uh, but it does he does tell he gets into every iteration of Superman outside the comics, TV shows, the movies, the cartoons, and uh, there there's a lot of juicy stuff in here. I will say it was a fascinating mm-hmm. read, and I tore through it very quickly because just all the machinations and stuff. That went on between the shows and the, the Saul kinds. I mean, just all that stuff. It's really pretty amazing. So if you're listening to Superman Movie Minute and you, I would assume you're a diehard Superman fan, check that book out. It's, it's a fun read because it's, I, there was a lot of stuff even I didn't know just in terms of like what they had to do with Superboy and uh, the, the rights and all this kind of, that kind of stuff. It's really pretty amazing. All right. Check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good effect. I like that. Yeah, that, that it looks good. There. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's a matte painting with some animation, and it looks really, really well. And it, this definitely, I mean, if we weren't in a fantasy movie before, then there's literally a castle on a, it's a the, mountain that just appeared. That looks great. It's the Crow yeah. Mountain that uh, jumps around through time and space. Yeah. 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 She's booking it, man. I mean, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she's moving. This looks great. This looks It great. does. It just, it really, I mean... I mean, honestly, some of the flying effects in this film are better than some of the scenes in Superman two and three. I will just flat out say that. I mean, we don't yeah. we don't have a lot of the garbagey. Now that looked a little, eh. you know, we don't have some of the garbage <laughs> mat stuff that 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 you know occasionally. Oh, there'll be this awesome scene of Christopher Reeve, and then it's obviously just a you know a static pose of him being basically thrown across the screen. You know, we don't we're not we don't really get that in this movie. I wish he had smashed through the glass. Yeah. That yeah, would have been more dramatic an entrance than just opening the door. Yeah. I know I tried to save money; it would have been very expensive, but that would have been cool to, you know. Yeah, the you know the these movies Superman doesn't smash through stuff as much. That was a that's no, a George no. Reeves shtick. You know, he yeah. loved it. He never <laughs> met a door he he liked. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's very Namor in that way. It's always smashing yeah. through walls. Right, right. Ooh, a little little Satan, a little goat headed Satan thing thrown in there. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like Pazuzu from Exorcist uh, <laughs> Two. Yeah, or or the uh, the Devil Rides Out, the Hammer film. That's the kind of looks yeah. like the goat of the goat of Mendez, you know. <laughs> or Ernest Borgnine from The Devil's Reign, where they all oh, at the end. They yeah, there you go. <laughs> where we got Michael Myers mask from? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, again, that's right. That's from the... Talking about every other movie but Supergirl. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, I will say know. we are heading into the best scene of the movie. Yes. I, I'll give them that. I mean, this movie is way too long. But uh, and you know what? Let me take that back. It's not too long. It's just not paced right. right. You know what I mean? A two-hour Superman movie is fine. It's it's just not. This thing is just not paced correctly. But we, I, they did save kind of the best trick they had for last i will say that is heading into the the phantom zone uh yeah. that's uh, yeah. you know a boffo sequence yeah and uh i like this she, she's so upset that he's kissing her you know it's yeah it's like no she's too old for you <laughs> <laughs> i don't well, know how much go. older faye dunaway was than him it might not be that much difference yeah. i don't know but she does look faye dunaway looks nice right there i mean she looks mm-hmm. nice she looks good in this movie you know Great sequence, right? Yeah, here we go. This looks familiar, don't it, guys? Yep. Yes, perfect. If you didn't know you were in the Dawn of Universe, right, you know it now. Yep. Although this part's going to get different. We didn't see this before, and this will be influential because this kind of Phantom Zone is what they did on Smallville. Yep. And this kind of Phantom Zone is what they did on the Supergirl television show. Mm, That's right. That's right. One of the great visual motifs that the Donner brought to the Donner team brought yeah. to the Superman world is the Phantom Zone being trapped in this little crystal. It's just such a great you know, so it's so iconic and nightmarish because it feels claustrophobic, yes. you know and so yeah, the, using it here is like it's a, you know, no-brainer I love that, she can't fly anymore yeah. Oh no Oof. Yeah It's like she's in a diner in Calgary There's no power <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to turn this into a diamond. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. What the hell? That sucks. Yeah. It's, it's Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's some real blood there. Yeah. It's always a, always a Superman motif, right? I'm bleeding, right? Yeah. yeah right. Always... That he's got. Yeah, I like that bit in Kingdom Come when he's fighting Captain Marvel and it's the thunder and his ears start bleeding. You know, that's yeah, it. terrific. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is really. I mean, this this again looks like this looks like you know Skeletor's just over the mountain. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Frank Langella. Frank Langella, not Perry White either. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, there you go. Another Superman connection. So. Zwark mentions in the commentary that this whole sequence was originally going to be in black and white. Oh. And they decided the scene was so long that he felt like, in his words, it became its own little movie. And so they decided not to do it. Uh, I, you know, obviously we could just, you know, you can turn the color off. Well, not really, but you could have. This is great, too. That is a damn shame. I think that would have been really cool. To, I mean, we they did that sequence in Thor, uh, Thor the Dark, not Dark World, the uh, Love and Thunder, yeah. where they go to that moon and it's in black and white, and that looks really cool. Yeah, uh, th- that would have been, I think, that would have been really startling to see her 
here with the costumes robbed of color. I think that would have been really effective. And I mean, it's a damn shame that Spark didn't go through with it. I will say this scene right here, when if you look on IMDb and look at this movie, somebody has uploaded multiple shots of her in this slimy stuff. It's like, okay, somebody's got a cane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. No. Oh, no. <laughs> this part right here is like, what happened? I mean, I remember like, wait a minute. We jumped from, wait, now she's like this fascist leader. and Yeah. As a, what happened? And where, this is, where's the rest of the world? What do they think of this? Where's, I know Superman's off planet, but. This you know, is so like, Batman 66. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. This I, is why I have a problem with No Man's Land, guys. The Batman storyline. For the same reason as this, it makes no sense in, a, in the universe. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is so silly. This whole stuff. Yeah. In the, yeah. The, the, this, the, the, you could have seen Burgess Meredith as the Penguin when he ran for mayor. Yeah. Doing this, you know. I do think, yeah. Like, let's let's make signs, right? You know, the, yeah. my dorm says no to you, and then of course she has like this, you know, these this police squad. Like, yeah. are these mind controlled people? And, um, did they just like, oh, I, you know, I accept my fascist leader? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good people on both sides. Yeah. Uh, oh man. <laughs> This is great. Oh, this, is, this looks, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. There's somebody out there, right? Yeah. Who's really enjoying yeah. the scene. Aliens. A lot. Uh, yes. Helen Slater <laughs> covered in slime. It's, you know, oh, maybe they grew up on Nickelodeon. I don't know. Um, <laughs> someday I'm going to find those video comics episodes. Someday. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to give up. They've got, she's got tears in her uniform, even. So, even yeah. Her, the, the super strong Kryptonian fabric tears here. Now, who was yep. this? I mm. wonder. This was, uh, let's, Jack Sewer. Jack Sewer. That's, no. oh, Jack Sewer. <laughs> that's a good call. <laughs> Professor Jadu. There you go. Yeah. Who was the Ma- guy that made the, that took the horn of the uh, Rondor or whatever? And yes. Namek. Namek. Yeah. I'm yeah, actually Namek. covering yeah, a story go. right now with them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me approach someone the way no one does. Yes. Yeah. Stand behind them with their arm outstretched and not say anything. The fa- and how big is the Phantom <laughs> Zone? Right? Like he's able to find her. Like how big yeah. is the Phantom Zone? It'd be pretty yeah. pretty small, maybe. Is he drinking the slime? That's what I want to know. I, I think he's drinking the slime. Yeah. Hmm. I I will say to this day, you know, if we got a squirt bottle, occasionally I'll, you know, like if I have to use chloroseptic, you know, if got a cold, <laughs> I'll go squirt, you know. <laughs> so- <laughs> You know, if you think about it, it's been three days, right? Uh, so time must pass differently there, right? Because he looks pretty yeah. roughed up. Oh, yeah. I get the feeling he's been there for for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was just Peter O'Toole. He's not made up. This is just what he looked <laughs> like when he went on one of those benders that he famously oh, he showed up in the set. Hello, <laughs> darling. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. I definitely read that um, Helen Slater has said how wonderful he was in that scene that he definitely like met with her and read lines with her and helped coach her, right? This was her first role. He's Peter O'Toole, right? So she always has talked about how kind he was on this filming. So I just That's great. That's awesome. That's great to hear, you know, that, that he was cool and instructing her through. I mean, he was kind of on a career 
I don't want to say upswing, but he was he was definitely a little busier than he had been. He had just been nominated for an Oscar for my favorite year, which had just yeah. been a year or two before this. He went on to do another sci-fi movie called Creator, which was not terribly well received, which I think had uh, Margot Hemingway in it. So another connection to Superman universe. Um, just a couple <laughs> of years earlier, he had done a terrific movie called The Stuntman, uh, which is really a great, great movie. And so, yeah, he was, you know, he was still still humming along, you know. Uh, yeah. After, even though he was getting older, he was still you know, headlining a lot of movies and still a really big name. And for anybody... I will say uh, for anyone who has not seen this is seems so silly to say anyone who's not seen Lawrence of Arabia go see Lawrence of Arabia if you can um I had seen it on VHS back in the day and then I decided I'm never going to watch this movie again until I can see it on the big screen because it's it's just one of those movies and then 2 years ago they ran it uh, as as a fathom event and I waited and I went and saw it and it was everything that you wanted it to be, you know? So it's just, it's, I, I generally will watch things at home because it's, it's, you know, you can't go see everything in a big screen, but I held out for that one. And boy, was it worth it. And he is so magnificent in that movie. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's I, funny, uh, Rob, uh, same thing, VHS. And you might recall, it was like, oh, this is the end of tape one. And yep. now I have yeah. two of, because the, the movie was so long. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yep, I remember the old yeah that, that, that it's also the movie that they always show like this is why Letterbox is better. You don't want yes. scan and scan, and yeah. they always showed Lawrence of Arabia, you know. And I remember watching it on TV as a kid, you know, because my mom would watch it when it was on, and and I'm like, oh, okay, so oh, oh, wow, that's all in the same scene, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's all one big shot. I, I I've said this on so many different podcasts, and I'm sorry I repeat myself, but like if I had been on a movie set with somebody like Peter O'Toole. I would just, I would not be spending any time in my trailer. I would just be like, okay, tell me stories. What? <laughs> tell me, yeah. P, tell me Lords of Arabia stories. Tell me what's new Pussycat stories. Tell me, you know, just, <laughs> just tell me what it's like working with these amazing people. What's it like going out and getting hammered with Albert Finney and Richard Burton? What's that like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just tell me stories. I don't know, whatever. Okay, darling, let's talk about Supergirl, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, no, I would hear your life stories, man. Uh. <laughs> it's so funny that he is that they that that Simon Ward as her father is kind of such a non-entity yeah. in this movie, and it's Zoltar is uh, clearly obviously the Jor-El Marlon Brando figure yeah. in this. You know that he's the father figure, and she's very attached to him and stuff like that. Zor-El's oh. always the he's always the little brother that never can quite match uh, match up to Jor-El. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it, kind it, of funny. Oh, let's go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, it's kind of funny. One thing that Richard Lester had said about the uh, Superman, about Donner's Superman, you know, he he took the comic book approach because he didn't like that David Lean look. And here we have Lawrence of Arabia right here in the Supergirl movie. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting. We've come, we've come full circle in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've read that quote and I'm like, why would you not like the David Lean look? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. Why would you not like that? I don't want I don't that understand. movie to look fantastical movie to look epic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. For me, I always liked it was a little bit of a differentiation, right? Everybody is always like, you know, what do you do with Supergirl? She's just like Superman, but a girl. 
And so in this, you know, Brando is such a scientist and Zoltar is such an artist, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so there's just like a little bit of a different mentor relationship. And of course, in the comics, Zorel was also a scientist. So I just thought it was a, a nice little way to sort of differentiate the two um, in terms of their backgrounds. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice touch. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I like how that like, I mean, I know we said that it doesn't look like Krypton and it's like, but the more I think about it, it's like, it makes me wonder, they never really do say, did they already exist? Did, did they escape into this, um, you know, into inner space when Krypton exploded? Were they already working on something? I mean, you know, they, it's, it's kind of, it'd be kind of interesting to, you know, where, where's the prequel comics for Supergirl? You know, we need, yes. we need that. Yeah. <laughs> Supergirl, the movie. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. Again, we're talking about so many other movies except this movie. But um, Supergirl was supposed to be part of the Zack Snyder Man of Steel um, uh, series mm. of films. And they came out with a prequel comic to Man of Steel about her that was yes. drawn by Jerry Ordway. That, um, that really? Kind of, yeah, <laughs> that, that. that filled in. Oh the ship, right? Remember that he discovers a ship in the ice that tells him all about Krypton? It's her ship. Um, that she's like a captain in the military and older than him. Yeah, uh, hmm. that that crash lands. Uh, DC cameo here, guys. Didn't know he's going to have another superhero. There's Red Tornado. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to say, like, is this like the tornado in the Wizard of Oz? Is this like a nylon with a fan under it? That's yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it looks great. It it also looks like what uh, Flash Gordon and and Baron are fighting over in uh, in the uh, Sam Jones Flash Gordon movie. Yes, it so does. It... <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Since you're mentioning other movies, Ange, I guess it's I don't want to bring up a potentially sore subject, but so you are not super excited about the Supergirl movie, the the Woman of Tomorrow, because yeah, of the source he, material. <laughs> You know, we're, he, uh, I'm, I'm not going to bag too much on Tom King, but he brings um, a lot, like every one of his books is basically, I'm going to give a character overwhelming PTSD. And mm. the story sometimes can be very good, but he leaves the characters in a place that it's very hard for somebody else to pick up and run. Oh, you know, okay. like, how do you do Mr. Miracle, who has always been like, I'm bright and, and uh, I escaped apocalypse and kept my sanity. And then he makes him suicidal. Right, the book opens mm. up with him slitting his wrists, right? And and so his supergirl is like, I don't want to be with my family, I wanna be drunk, I'm angry. She does help people, but she also like flies into the sun and cries and, and is very much a traumatized figure. And the book itself is a complete ripoff of true grit. Like they will have to change the plot. Like if you read it, it is absolutely true grit. Um mm. so I'm not very happy. Of course, this is a film that's whatever six years away from even being done right so, right yeah but um but uh i don't think like i think one of the things i love about her character is that yeah you know sh- she understands the loss of krypton more than superman does she was a kid and grew up on but she's gotten past that and i feel like her whole thing is i don't want anybody else to suffer the way that i have uh and i'm going to be very um fierce in my you know fight against injustice and things like that and he just has her like depressed um Hmm. which i think is just the wrong way to go i think she's supposed to be bright and optimistic right kind of the way she is in this right you know she's like smiling and and flying and and doing flips but i gotta get the omega hedron and i'm gonna fight this evil and you know you gotta walk a fine line with her character between like you don't want to be too sugary and saccharine 
but she's also a young hero that's learning, so she can fail. Uh, I didn't like his take at all. So okay. we'll see. If you want a Supergirl with a little more grit, go to the DC animated universe. You know, she's she's spunky there, but she's still very, you know, positive, optimistic. She's out to prove that she can do the job, you know, too, you know, even and 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 she's great. I mean, she's she's a great part of Justice League Unlimited. I mean, I liked her on Superman animated series, but I actually like her better in the, in the Justice League setting and I, you know, that's as that's as far as I want to go with Supergirl having any edge to her. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm just, I, I, well, I'm, this isn't the place to get into that, but it's like, yeah. wow, uh, you know. <laughs> but but a hundred a hundred percent, Chris, in that show, she's like, I'm young and I have superpowers, and and I'm going to like, uh, I'm going to take action, right? And then she has yeah. to learn from it. So like like one of my favorite scenes is whatever Amazo, who is like omnipotent, is flying to Earth and let's set up lines of defense. She's like, f this, right? She like flies up and tries to punch him, uh, yeah, and gets yeah. taken out, right? But but it just shows that she's like, what are we doing here, waiting? Right, like we should be stopping this guy. So, yeah, so, great. And there goes yep. Peter O'Toole out of the movie, other than his voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I really don't like Selena and Erica. Erica, right? It's Erica. Uh, Bianca. Watching all oh, this. Bianca. Yeah, Bianca. Yeah, it's just it's so it just these poor actors have just to stand there and pretend that they're looking. It reminds me of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Just so much of. Our, our our main figures just looking at something, looking at a screen. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. It, you know, like it just looks goofy that they're watching this. Uh, this is great. The, though. I love this. That's a yeah, great shot. A That's great, a great shot. Great yep. shot. This is the first time we've seen a Superman character in the films like get repowered by the sun. I mean, it kind of you know she's mm. escaping and you know so that, I think I mean we know that that's where. Superman's powers come from, but there we go. We now we're smashing through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's break some stuff. I'm Supergirl. Come yeah. on. Let's say uh, yeah. just lost Zoltar. I'm tired of this. Let's, yeah. Selena, you poisonous snake. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> that's that's right. Right. Let's, let's get some. Yeah. She's pissed now. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great line there, right? You know, this is finished. So. Yeah. Just okay, great. Use your super speed. Yeah, exactly. none of these Superman characters can ever do this. Ah, uh, you can. It's all right. Jimmy's not that huge of a loss, really. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, even like the death trap, though. Like this again, very Batman sixty six. You know, like over yeah, yeah. heated spikes. You know. <laughs> oh wow. They didn't give her a chance to do the cool suck in thing that Christopher Reeve did when he when he uh, froze that truck <laughs> tank and yeah. you know the first in Superman two. <laughs> I like that shot too, like the slap yep. slap up up shot. Cool, yeah, nice. I want it. Yeah, yeah, see, I like it. Helen Slater yeah. can bring it. She can bring the. Yes. I'm mad now. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm through t- screwing around. I'm tired of toying with you, lady. This you and your whatever you're trying to accomplish here, which yeah. you're not even sure of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This whole like wand thing now. Now, Andrew, yeah. we're, we're getting to the end that's in the comic, and I I haven't looked at that comic in years, but man, I remember it. It's it's pretty wild and and quite bit quite a bit different than this. Yeah, you know, in in uh, in the movie, obviously, you'll see she summons like the demon that um, that that case is, but in the book, she summons like her her own like dark soul to to fight 
Supergirl. So it's humanoid sized uh, and fighting. And then she's scary. It was scary looking. I mean, she's like a skeleton. Totally a skeleton. skeleton and then it's one of the, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, you know, she had to face her own, like look in her own dark reflection and goes mad and, and loses her powers. But so, but they wanted a kaiju and we got one. Yeah. Oh, we'll get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a lot like when the, this is what happens to, uh, in the, Superman three. Yeah, uh, they get pinned to the wall. They get pinned to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, they don't turn into robots. That scare me. Oh man, (laughs) you don't need that trauma. Yeah, maybe that's why they didn't do that. Maybe because they're like, well, we scared the crap out of a bunch of kids with the uh, robot lady last year. So yeah. (laughs) What do movie producers have against Brainiac? Wait, what do they have <laughs> yeah. against that character? I don't know. I mean, I mean, enough with the Luthor. You know, just enough with the Luthor. Great character, but good I lord. I mean, this new movie that, that James Gunn's writing, I mean, it's called Superman Legacy, and especially, apparently he's supposed to like be balancing his Kryptonian life with his you know, his heritage with his Earth life. And so maybe they'll do maybe the animated finally, series yeah. thing. And it's the you know, it's Brainiac was the computer on Krypton that yeah. You know, like which that was a great, great ad- addition to the animated version of Superman. So, yeah, this this creature looks. I mean, it looks cool. I mean, it looks and you know, and and this part here is pretty. I mean, that that's a pretty nice effect. Now, up here in a minute, when it like grabs her, yeah, yeah not so yeah. much. <laughs> not so much. Not yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, this is solid. Like Ghostbusters, Poltergeist. Yeah, you know, PG level monster i mean that looks good yeah, that's yeah. good yeah this is i mean they definitely saved the best part of this for like the last half hour like the big you know big action finale that's cool the phantom zone scene and this scene back to back imagine if the part. whole movie had been this yeah. you know this level of sort of tension yeah the the, the stretching part though it's like because he's like not grabbing her in the, yeah. the head but he's like yeah I kind of wish they, you know, here in a minute, the, you know, she's, she's defeated. She's groaning yeah. and she's crying and, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. She's got to get pushed. I can't, you know. Yes. Yes. You got to get pushed, you know, forward by a man. And then also mm. Ethan's got to cover up the thing. It's, it kind of sucks that two men got to kind of help her. Because she's Supergirl, yeah. she should be able to save herself. <laughs> well, Superman doesn't save himself in the first film. I mean, Miss Tessmacher is the one. Well, Miss Tessmacher does. That's yeah, true. So. That's good point. Yeah. <laughs> but good but point. I hear, hear what you're Rob. saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that looked cool. That flip. That looked good. That yeah. flip looked cool. Yeah, Ethan actually provides some service, and so does Nigel here. Confront her with it. It's the only way. Yes. So. Now then, she becomes a tiny little. I don't know why they made her so small when she's going around her. That's kind of weird. (laughs) Let her float up. And she's sparkling because she's got all those, you know, rhinestones on her outfit or whatever. Sparkles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this does feel like uh, the stand back video. Yeah, it does. Yeah, really has that. In the middle of my room. (laughs) (laughs) And they pull her in too. I mean, you don't get out of it just because you were the lackey. You know, you're yeah, mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. you're getting you get stuck in whatever hell this in. Yeah, I this guess is... they're getting. I guess they get kind of they get sent to the Phantom Zone. I mean, yeah, they get, they're in this mirror, right? So, I'm, I'm guessing that's where they're going. 
Yeah, this is nice. a nice fit. That yeah, was good. That yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yep. And Nigel's like, I don't know how to feel about any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not know I was one of the henchmen? I'll just say nothing. Yeah. I'll just be quiet. Yeah. I'll get away yeah. with this. Oh, he's my math teacher. He's all right. You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> Screw all you. I've got the Omega Hedron. I'm going back. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't need any of this. Yeah. Jimmy agrees to not tell anyone that they ever heard of her. That must include his pal. <laughs> yes. Superman. He does he so he never mentions, oh yeah, your cousin was here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a whole city of other Kryptonians that you could meet and learn about your culture, but I'm not going to tell you. Exactly. <laughs> there's all these cool people there, since there's no bottle city. There's this guy named Nightwing and this guy named yeah, Flint yeah. and <laughs> Kryptonian babooches there. It's really pretty amazing. Don't don't waste time flying into deep space and Superman returns looking for your planet because you could just yeah. go to Argo City. Yeah, just go into the lake there and, and yeah. end up in, you know? yeah. yeah. It is interesting. Like so maybe Jimmy won't say anything, but there's a whole town that saw her fight. Right. right? Yes. You, know, you don't think one of them is gonna cash in? It's gonna be like uh it's gonna be like uh Jan Hooks in the fiftieth anniversary special we mentioned. Lift the Nova, honey. Lift the Nova. <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna cash in on that. <laughs> that looks good. Yeah, that looks yeah. good. Yeah. Sharp. Yeah. Now she's got a matching bracelet. There you the go. <laughs> make yeah. It, yeah, there you yeah. go. Matching set. Now don't drop it because yeah, yes. <laughs> Oh no, all over again. <laughs> I'm going to go visit Atlantis now. Yeah. Going on with Aquaman. And we see the lights come on. Yep. That's the night that the lights went out in Argo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can see Vicky Lawrence as the sidekick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, a little bit of an anticlimactic ending. Like, we don't get her like close up you know what i mean like yeah at least in the comic it ends with this big one page shot of her holding the omega hedron and the lights are going on but just she kind of just fades off and then you're like oh okay yeah so okay this kind of ends yeah yeah (laughs) so that's supergirl everybody uh you know look i i feel a little i feel a little like uh grumpy complaining about this film as much as they do because it's got a good heart you know what i mean like it's trying to be good and jeno swark was handed a a, you know look he was capable of of good films as we mentioned he directed somewhere in time he did jaws 2 which is serviceable santa claus the movie he did 14 episodes of smallville so he too Mm -hmm. got kind of morphed back into the the superman universe which is great and he's still around today he's still working um but you know, it just doesn't, I just film just, just doesn't, oh, Alfie joined the stunt coordinator. I love him. Um, but it, the film just doesn't really work, but the parts that work work really well. Yeah. And you yeah. just kind of wish they had just found a way to kind of keep it all together. But like the Phantom Zone stuff and the, the, the electro, the electricity villain and the demon at the end, that's all. And Helen Slater, like the, the, the elements are here, but it just didn't quite congeal together. 
Yeah. You know, I'll say, you know, she's my favorite character and I get that this isn't, you know, Citizen Kane, but it's not overly embarrassing. Right. And I think the character is showcased very, very well. So I kind of give this like a B, you know, like maybe a B minus. Uh, I agree with you. She steals the show. It's a shame that there wasn't a sequel with her and Christopher Reeve together. I think that would have oh, been what a loss. That would have just been fantastic. I, I will say when we get to the commentary for Superman four, this movie will seem like Citizen Kane. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> without bearing the lead here, but it, it it this movie is it's competently made by people who are totally engaged to make a good movie. I mean, yep. they're they're out to make a good entertaining film. Um, you know, they've got a budget, you know, they, <laughs> they've hired the right people to do the, the effects and it's got the, you know, the right technicians and, and it's, yeah. I, and you know, now that we have so many superhero movies, and, uh, this is, you know, I, I think I'm more forgiving to this. And I mean, not that most of them are, you know, visually pretty well done and everything. And, and I, I am not nitpicky about a lot of the modern films. I go to enjoy them. I have a good time. It's something me and my family like to do. So we always like go out and have, you know, go out and get something to eat, go to the movies. And it's something we bond over. Uh, but, you know, going back and watching this, I'm like, you know, yeah, this isn't so bad. Yeah. The Selena's not a great villain. It, she's, you know, Faye Dunaway's cranking it up too much. Uh, the Ethan character is totally just a, you know, yeah, he's just a hunk of meat. I mean, that's all. Yeah. Is. Uh, but you know, beyond that, I mean, there's a lot to like here. I mean, there, there really is. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly way more positive on, despite the presence of Christopher Reeve and, and Onetto Tool, I'm, I'm actually more positive about Super, Supergirl at this moment than I was at Superman, Superman 3 by the time we got the end of the commentary, you know, <laughs> five minutes. But of course, we did that five minutes at a time, too, you know, and it, 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 there's, of course, there's, I think there's more fundamentally wrong with Superman three than there is with this film. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I, I, I would. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's really a praising. I mean, you know, it's faint praise or damning praise or something. But it, 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 but yeah, there's there's more like there's more to just groan about and like why did they do this? You know, with with Superman three versus versus this. So yeah, yeah, overall, I enjoyed watching it again. I enjoyed talking about it with you guys. Yes, I definitely enjoyed talking with you guys about it. Fantastic. Yeah, it was nice to be able to, to revisit this. And I will just do a little uh, shameless plug, everybody. Uh, if you uh, want to read a column about this, I wrote another installment of my Real Retro Cinema column for 13th Dimension, a site that Chris is uh, Chris Franklin is uh, frequently has a byline at, uh, talking about uh, this very movie and the comic book adaptation. So if you haven't gotten quite enough Supergirl, uh, you can go over there and read that. It should be up, uh, pretty much the same day that uh, you might be listening to this. But, uh, but yeah, this is, it, I still think this movie doesn't really totally work. And the parts that are not great are really not great, but the parts that are, are good are, are a lot better than I remember, you know? And, uh, and again, it, you know, it's anchored by a marvelous performance by, by Helen Slater. And, you know, hey, it's great that we have a Supergirl movie, you know? Like, it's just great. She beat Wonder Woman to the punch, you know? <laughs> you think about it, yeah. it's kind of amazing uh, that uh, did that. So it's, you know, here's some tie-ins for some products that yeah. we saw here. Yeah. Um, this all kinds never missed an opportunity to get some products yeah. in there. 
but yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, Alexander Songkind presentation. There you go. So, uh, that's, uh, that's going to do it for Supergirl, everybody. Uh, Ange, again, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, journey through time and inner space. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for inviting me. You know that I love talking about the character. And so this was a great way to, to sort of, uh, talk about it. Where can people find you out on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter still at uh, Dr. Ange 70 and uh, I'm also running a Supergirl fan site now for, I guess it's year 14, called uh, Comic Box Commentary. Very cool. Awesome. All right, Chris. Well, we did it. Uh, We did Supergirl. Now, we don't know just when we'll be getting to Superman 4 Quest for Peace. I think I need to... Um, hate myself more than I currently do at the moment to be able to subject myself to do it. But, uh, but we will do it, everybody. I promise. And we do have other fun Superman slash Christopher Reeve slash Donnerverse related stuff, uh, to get to that Chris and I will be doing on Superman Movie Minute. Cause like I said, so that we don't know exactly when the show will be, will be back again, but we will be back. So, uh, of course, you can find all the back episodes of our show on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we're over on Twitter, like Ange, at Superman Movement. Uh, we guess we should thank Alex Robinson, P3 Taylor, for letting us borrow their five uh, minute by minute format. Of course, we're not doing that here. Uh, and then finally, if you want to support uh, Superman Movie Minute, you can just go to patreon.com slash FW podcast. And there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name checked on a show of your choice. So we have to extend thanks to Superman's pal, Henry Bernstein, and Supergirl's pal, Ian Fletcher, for their support of this show. We really do appreciate it. So, I guess that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you soon. Uh, Until then, bye. Bye. Do you know him? Superman? Sure. My sister's got something going with the big guy. He's a real character. A real hunk. I'll introduce you to him someday if we wind up getting along.